What are you gruffing at? <laughs> says, yeah, What's this that? is my What's little. That? Uh, this is this is my little man cave. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's four foot wide. <laughs> is it? <laughs> but, uh, it's well. I say it's fourteen foot. I've only got seven because the wife claimed the other seven foot. So we got seven foot each. Brilliant. What is it? Is it a shed out in the garden, or is it a room in the house, or what? No, no, it's a shed in the garden because um, <laughs> when I had my big accident. Um, yeah. The, the lounge became my hospital ward. Right. And I, I just needed something that would get me out of the hospital ward. Okay, so yeah. when I was in the wheelchair, me and my middle lad, I ordered a shed and with my instruction, he built it. Fantastic. Well, I mean, Pretty there much. is already a whole load to talk about there, folks. Um, <laughs> Lee, Lee, are you all right if we crack on straight away or do you want to have a wee chat first? No, no, no. Yeah, crack on. Right, we'll just get straight into it then. Folks, welcome to uh, Brew Time episode, I think this is 80. Can't believe we've got 80, 80 yeah. already. Uh, and here is Lee Vigor, also known as Buddy the Biker Dog. How are yeah, you? Yeah, well, he's the Buddy. <laughs> well, he, he's the, Buddy. We've I'm got Buddy with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could carry me around. I mean, what, what, uh, how about we just start straight away? I mean, there's a whole backstory to you and obviously what you do. You, you've been a professional motorcycle test rider for decades, but shall we, shall we just cover Buddy and, and the whole social side of things first? And then we'll, we'll go into like you and, and what you've been up to, where you come from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, with Buddy, it all started, um, it started in a wheelchair. After uh, 2018, I'd had a big accident, mm. and uh, it just mentally destroyed me. Physically, I was broken, but yeah. I, I knew I was going to get out of it. But they told me I'd got to stay in it for at least eight months, right. and it just destroyed me. So yeah. after physio one day, my wife, being well, she's a woman, so she's a smart cook, isn't she? Uh, <laughs> Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. Yeah, <laughs> she knows. So I know, um, they all know. <laughs> She, she took me on a bit of a road trip and uh, we ended up, we didn't know it was a puppy farm. It was just, she'd found a, a, a chihuahua mm-hmm. on, um, on, on, the, on the social media, one of the sites, uh, pre-loved, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, she dragged me along. I got back in the car and I've had some morphine. And I'm, I'm floating all the way there. And uh, we got there. We didn't go to look at him. Unbeknown to me, there was two other puppies running around. And out the corner of my eye, I spotted him, his nibs. He was in a cage. He was five months old. He weighed less than a pound, got no fur on him. And while the woman had disappeared five minutes, I said to my wife, she said, let him out. Because he was giving me the eye. He was just, you know, who are you, what's going on? So she let him out. And he come running over to me. I scooped him up, put him on my lap. And we've been together ever since. And that was that. That was that. She didn't want to sell him. And I just gave her one of two choices. You either yeah. take the money or I'll take him anyway. Either way, he's coming out with me. Isn't it and, weird how uh, animals just do that? Animals can just select you, can't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he found me. I'd say we've got to look at the dog. And uh, later on that day, I shouted to the wife. I was back in the hospital bed. And uh, I shouted to her, I says, uh, he's shit. You have to come pick it up. And she shouted back, get in your wheelchair, pick it up. It's your responsibility. Brilliant. And from that moment, it just gave me a purpose, I suppose, to yeah. get in the wheelchair. Yeah. Um, so I started I started getting in it. And uh, that was us pretty much for six months. He sat on my lap. 
we were pulling weight off, did wheelies everywhere. Um, <laughs> just because it was, it was more comfortable to sit yeah. in that position. So yeah. we were two wheels everywhere. And uh, then we went to the mobility scooter. And I never really envisaged putting him on the bike. It wasn't mm. anything that, you know, that had cropped up in my mind. We just spent time together. He helped me for a lot of dark times for sure. And uh, I think it was the 2nd of January, 2019. I'd done six months in the wheelchair up until the December. Um, and they says, you can start getting out of the wheelchair now. I was two months in front. Mm. Um, and I think that's down to him, basically making me get in it every day and doing my physio. And uh, I said to the wife, I've got to go. I've got to get back on the bike. I've got to go for a ride. So I'm pinching your bike. She's got a, a street triple, uh, a street triple 765. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got my fold-up walking sticks and she got it out for me and I shuffled to it. <laughs> I sort of threw myself on, folded my sticks up, strapped them to the back and off I went. And I did 250 mile. I come back and she says, you can never, ever leave him here again. He saw him for two days. Did he? He just, oh, totally so. He did, he was like, you went somewhere without me. <laughs> so I made him the buddy pod. And... Uh, the day after the buddy pod, he was sat on the bench here because this was a bit like a craft thing. It just gave me somewhere to come and be creative, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Watched, watched a lot of YouTube in here, that's for sure, um, in the early days. That's when I found YouTube. And uh, you know what, mate? And um, <laughs> he, he basically, he, he was, I made it for him. And he, he slept in it while I was faffing around in other stuff. Anyway, we went out the next day. We went up to um, Sports Bike Shop in Boston. Yeah road there and back and as we were coming back through Grantham I was at set traffic lights by the McDonald's I don't know if you've ever come through Grantham and uh, all of a sudden this crazy woman jumped out in front of me scared the life out of me and then he fell off the bloody bike and uh, she started taking photos of him and she was like that's amazing that's amazing (laughs) And, uh, and in turn that sort of kicked me into thinking maybe I can use this to raise money for charity Mm-hmm. maybe we can do something positive with it, you know. So we started raising money for Air Ambulance 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to Rugby Bike Fest was the first one we did. And I parked the bike next to the Air Ambulance stall and put him in his tank bag. And we filled up two pots that day. Brilliant. Everybody just kept going up saying, can I take his photo? And I said, you can, but you've got to put some money in the pot. Fantastic. And, that, and that's how it started. And then unfortunately COVID sort of killed that really. Yeah. Um, and and the the fundraising didn't really carry on into two twenty, but we still we still go. We do everything camping, you name it, or the kayak um, in lockdown because uh, paddle sports was the only thing you could do. Yeah, and I was yeah. like five five minute walk from it, and um, yeah, we got kayaking, a bit of biking, bit of. Um, so the social side of it really was to start with was to try and raise money. Mm-hmm. That's what it. That's what it was all about, and. Um, YouTube was a big learning curve. It so um, is. But I just, I started it one day just to do something creative. I'd got a lot of time on my hands at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd watched a hell of a lot of YouTube. I hadn't found YouTube until 2018 because I'd never had time to watch it. And then all of a sudden, but I watched it on the TV. So I didn't know that you could put comments down and give yeah, thumbs yeah, up. Yeah. But none yeah. of that made sense to me. It took my daughter to explain it to me. <laughs> and uh, so then when I made his account, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. There's a whole different world here, you know. Yeah. And uh, I quite like the fact that I've got just that small amount of people that I can talk to. We comment, we watch 
but each other's videos because there's mm. quite a few small YouTubers that I follow. And um, yeah, just I find the creative side of crap at it. But <laughs> I find that it's people like yourself. It, it was yourself, Ricky Vida, mm-hmm. um, TMF, but I, I pretty much only like watching his um, bike news, the mm-hmm. odd review, if it was a triumph, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, bike reviews aren't really the thing that it was, what drew me to you was world travel. Right. And um, because you've been around the world, apparently. I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> I will. But... <laughs> and uh, yes, that's how I sort of got into the YouTube. And then I suppose people like yourself inspire me to try harder every time. Because mine's only a small channel. It's, I'm not inspiring to be famous. or I'm so used to being the stick for the motorcycle world, you know, mm. hiding it, flybys behind bushes and, and and just being a nobody that I found it quite hard to be in front of the camera at first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Quite, it's quite hard to do. It's quite awkward, but I quite enjoy it. You know, um, I quite enjoy just, just the, I suppose, the challenge of it all. And it's trying to make it's like a video personal a little challenge, bit isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and if I can, for me, I, I probably, it's not so much the filming, it's the editing. Yeah. It, Tell that, me about that's it. That's what I'm, that's what, yeah, but you're you're quite fluid. I'm that, I'm trying to master that. It, well, the same master it. I just try to get better every video I do, yeah. um, whether I do or not. I don't know. I seem to be. I get positive comments, and I quite like. I was listening to when I was listening to the tins um, yesterday. Um, they're hilarious. I got to say, they are a great um, couple, aren't they? They are, yeah. And he uh, was on about negative comments. Mm. Uh, I don't get any of that. Because I'm not big enough. <laughs> I only get nice things said. You know, I, I suppose I'm I'm too small for the trolls to bother with at the moment. That's, so I quite like that is a nice place to be. I, I I don't mean this condescending. I'm not saying I'm Billy Bollocks, but I remember that stage when you're you're growing, you're starting to get a nice community there, like you said, where you get regular people coming back and people are engaging. It's a nice place to be, isn't it? And then it yeah. just seems once you start getting that little bit bigger, you start attracting the odd walloper, and it's just part yeah. and parcel of it. It's just part it's of like- it. Do, do I want to get that? You know, because. But then you, you meet. Kindness. Yeah, but you <laughs> anyway, also meet. I should you say. Also, oh yeah, crappy. We haven't started, have we? Let's let's crack on. I, I bought Bud, I bought Budweiser because it's probably the Budweiser. You see, good man. Because I'm not a big drinker, to be fair. Because it's brew time. Slime. <laughs> yeah, because it's brew time. Skull. Skull. It's the Viking oh, in me. That's good. That. Um, Right, you mentioned, I mean, there's loads that we can chat about here, but you mentioned, um, uh, what do you call it, the buddy pod? Or, yeah, it's buddy pod, isn't it? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I called it the buddy pod. The first one I made, um, I'll take you on it, if you look on the, more so on his Instagram, you'll see there's pictures. There's the winter one, because it was winter, it was January when we first went out for a ride, and Mm -hmm. He's only little. I didn't want him to jump on now. I didn't want him getting cold. So he's got like a, it looks like a space helmet. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's a plastic drinking bowl from the pound shop. <laughs> um, but what I did was before I put him in it, um, I, I took the bike out with it on and I just, I took it up to naughty speeds just to see if it would survive without him yeah, in it. Because yeah, yeah. I didn't want to put him in it then all of a sudden see me dog going one way in a bowl. Yeah. And to be fair, it's, it's lasted. And uh, but then that's too warm for the summer, so okay. he's got his he's got his doggles 
and uh, he quite <laughs> like being uh, sticks out. He, quite, he, he won't sit behind me. He's having none of it. Well, he's, he, he's got to be in front. No, no. My wife. I followed my wife for years. We've always social road and obviously ridden together um, whenever possible. Your, your wife's day. called Haley, isn't it? Uh, isn't she? Is that right, Haley? Is that what I, yeah, I remember that yeah, right? Hi, yeah, Haley. Yeah, hi, yeah. Haley. How are you? <laughs> and uh, she can't ride in front of me anymore. <laughs> she has to go behind. So to wind him up, she overtakes me every now and again. And she'll do it where I, where she knows I've got to work hard to get back past her. <laughs> oh, and he, he moans and he barks and he gives me dirty looks as if to say, you best get past her. <laughs> and as soon as we you go past, there's that, a couple yeah. of videos. There's a couple of videos where I uh, it's quite a while ago now, um, probably two summers ago. And he just gives her a dirty look as we go past, as if to say, yeah, you stay back there. This is, I'm, I'm the leader of the pack. You can see, see like you can see in any pictures and video, even now, on, folks, if you're watching the video, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He just has character oozing out of him. He sat, he sat there in his tank bag in his in his buddy pod, <laughs> wearing his wearing his jumper, and although he's chilled out, he's just looking out the side of his eye at the camera, isn't he? Like, oh, hello. Hi, buddy. <laughs> you talk so, about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, for for people who haven't watched the channel or people who are just listening at the moment and have no knowledge of what a buddy, like the, the setup is, what the buddy pod is, it's basically, it's it's a modified tank bag that you whack on the tank and then buddy sits inside it. And then, he, as you said, he has like a, a, a sort of little helmet that he'll wear during the winter, but he also wears biking goggles for during the summer. It's awesome, folks. You've got to watch the vids. It's brilliant. Has, I'll leave links down below. He has his hot water bottle as well. He quite yeah, likes yeah. his hot water bottle um, in yeah. the winter. Um, but this is the new one. Um, and we haven't tried it yet. He hasn't been out in this one yet. So uh, he just, uh, he pretty much just likes sitting in it at the moment. But he keeps looking at me, say, when we're going out. Because the other the two buddy pods are on the, you've got the Gibby Click system. Because mm -hmm. we triumph, we were using the Gibby Ring system for yeah, yeah. Well, quite a few years now. So that's an Explorer. They're both Explorer tank bags that I converted for him. And, uh, but we've got a, a new beast to play with at the minute. And it, it just it hasn't got a tank and filler cap. It's, so it was like, I've got to come up with something else. It's cost me a fortune. <laughs> 160 quid for the bag. 160 quid for the bag looks cover. It's like, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> Maybe there, I should make me out. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, are there not companies out there that, that do it, that, that create like tank bags for dogs or animals because there's a few people is, out there. This is the only one, which is right. the Bagster one. Okay, um, from from Italy, it's the only one. I, I think that because in like America, they can't, they're not allowed to have them on the tank. It's, ah. it's illegal to have them on the front. And um, there's only really the UK and and a lot of Europe where they'll allow it you know they'll allow right. the dog to sit on the front so with a lot of the Americans because it's, it's amazing how many people take their dogs with them now yeah yeah um, they're all back carries you know they've all got these I was, I was watching one the other day got a husky on the back and just sits on a on a platform you know yeah I've seen that the with the paws over his shoulder <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I've seen that it's yeah. amazing isn't it it's, how, uh, how, I mean I can only imagine trying to get my dog anywhere near my motorbike. She won't go anywhere near my bike. She's scared rigid of it. I mean, did he literally just jump in the bag and off you went? 
Yeah, pretty much. Because I get quite a few people, obviously, they'll message me and go, how do I get my dog to do it? Mm. And I, mm. I always say, you can't. Yeah. You can't make them do anything. And you shouldn't. You really shouldn't. No, of course not. It, it's a case of he just likes being with me. Yeah. So he's prepared, no matter what the transport is. I mean, mobility scooter used to be his favourite. He used to love yeah. the mobility scooter. Um, <laughs> I used to let him off for a walk, and he used to he'd bark at me. I'm not walking. You could let me back off. And he just used to sit there, you know, and, just, and he leans and everything. Does um, he? He does lifesavers. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he does lifesavers. He cracks him up because we'll overtake the car and he looks at it and he'll get the looks and say, yeah, we're past you, that idiot. Oh, um, man, I'm, the looks I'm, on people's faces must be amazing. Yeah, I, I do get a lot of people trying to photograph us. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, motorways is a nightmare. Um, he pretty much, I think he causes, he can cause problems because they'll be in the fast lane and then all I'm in the middle lane and all of a sudden they ram the brakes on and got his missus like just smiling at me and I just give a thumbs up. So I, so I think if he if he brings joy to people, that's, that's a good Absolutely. thing, you know, if he makes them smile. I've had the odd uh, comment, you know, why would you take your dog with you? It, do you know what? I've, I've, I've worked both my kids, my, my mm-hmm. eldest lads. They've been filling with me for thousands of miles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same. You know, with him, I'd always ride with a little bit more consideration mm-hmm. and uh, than what you probably would if I was on my own or on a work bike, for, for sure, you know. Yeah. Um, first thing my boss at the time said at Triumph was, he can't come to work with you. Did he? And I says, yeah, I says, you're right there. I says, because the amount of people that take photos, I'll be in MCN every five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> um, right. So that takes us neatly onto my next line of question. We'll come back. We'll chat about Buddy. Don't yeah, worry. We'll, we'll carry on that. And there's bound to be loads of questions all about, about Buddy and, and, and the channel and everything like that. Now, your sort of working origin, your bike origin, you tell people, where, where have you come from? In terms of bikes, where have you come from? Like, how long have you been riding? What got well, you I'm into nothing it? special. I'm not a racer. Nothing special. Not, Wait till you hear I, this. I, 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 <laughs> I'm nothing special. I'm not a racer. I'm not a stunt rider. I'm not any of that. You're even be better. Fair, You're even better than well, that. You've got the perfect you know, job. I didn't do my bike test till I was 30 years old. Mm. Um, my mum was quite anti biker. Snap. And my, my dad had a bike. Yeah. Um, she pretty much made him get rid of that, you know. So my, my, my interest in bikes, I always had passion for them. Uh, I grew up in Longfield. Probably not far from you. You're down in Kent, mm. aren't you? Oh, yeah, so yeah. I grew I, I grew up in Longfield. My mum and dad had the corner shop. If you've ever gone through Longfield, right um, on the Just mini roundabout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the village yeah. all on the so, and that used to be the main route out from Brands Hatch. Mm-hmm. My dad used to make me walk up and down with sandwich board, um, <laughs> cold drinks for sale. Really, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> slave labour. Yeah, and and because it was the main route at the time. I mean, I'm fifty now. Um, it was just amazed me all the bikes that I'd see and then I got to the age where we had our own little sneaky way into Brands Hatch you know we'd leave our bikes in the woods and over the fence so <laughs> I sort of grew up watching bikes before we moved to Longfield because um, I'm originally I was born in rugby mm-hmm. my dad moved down for work um, but my dad always took me to Speedway and the smell oh, oh yeah the yeah. smell if you could make that 
into a, a into a perfume. I don't care how ugly you are, you're gonna pull. <laughs> my you know? my um, my mum's family are all from South London, from Penge in in South London. So we used to come down from from Aberdeen, sort of maybe once a year, once every couple of years, we'd come down. And um, my one of my uncles would take me every time I came down. He'd take me and his boy, my cousin Dave. He'd take us to the speedway, and I'd go all around. Like I've no idea where I went to, but I'd go to all these different places when I was like five, six, seven, eight, five till about maybe nine or ten years of age. And that's exactly what I remember from speedway: the smell and the grit hitting you as you went around the corner. Yeah, loved yeah. it. Loved dashed. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So at 8.30, my mum turned up with an envelope and she paid for my bike test because <laughs> I, I tried to do it when I was a younger man. I even bought one. But it was in our bedroom for a while. I used to start it up when she upset me. You know, really <laughs> I'd start it to fill the house. What, in your room? Cubes. In your bedroom? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, had, we lived in a masonette. So I used to hang my pants off it and stuff like that. It was a little excess 400 American import it was. Brilliant. And I just... Because we had a family, you know, and I just never got around to doing it. And then when I hit 30, I did it. And uh, I, just, I loved it, loved every minute of it. And, uh, and then in 2005, my wife, she's always ridden. She was a scoot school. <laughs> she was, uh, you know, proper scoot school. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I bought her a, a moped, a, a Vespa. I rode it once, then things are dangerous. I was like, you need to have a motorbike. So I put her through a bike test. And then um, five days later, we've been out riding a week. Five days later, I was on my way to work and a bloke hit me head on. Um, I've had the bike six weeks. I, I polished it more than I. Harley oh, Davidson. No. I, I, I polished it more than I rode it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just came out of a side road, wrong side yeah. of the road, uh, hit me head on. I split the tank with my testicles, both oh. carpet bone, top and bottom, and uh, smashed my left foot up. So that laid me up for a bit. And uh, it just made me want to ride bikes even more, if I'm honest. You know? <laughs> no, this um, this wasn't this wasn't the crash that led to Buddy, was it? This was right at the start. This was right. my first private accident. It's the only one I've had as a as a you know non professional accident, yeah. if you like. Yeah. And uh, then time's gone on, and I was lorry driver at the time, and I didn't want to go back to it. So I bumped into a guy that I taught to drive a lorry, and. Um, not far from us, underneath, there's, um, I don't know if you've heard it, it's called Myra. It's a proving ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Been there for decades. Um, Rover, back in the day, did all their testing there. Everybody tests there. Jag, you name it. All from all around the world, they test there. It is an amazing place. There's like 50 miles of different tracks, different tests. Yeah. And uh, he said, no, I'm, I'm testing lorries and Jags at uh, Myra. I said, I'd love your job. I said, don't do motorbikes, do you? And he said, no, we don't actually. We haven't got that contract. Anyway, a few weeks later, he knocked on my door. He gave me, he says, so you've got a job. So I spoke to my boss. And because you're multi-licensed, I've got all the licenses. I love this story. Car, yeah. um, motorbike. He says, you got a job. And I'm like, I'm looking for the cameras. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, this can't be true. Even my mate said I was lying. They're like, no. Nah. What do you mean you're going to be a multi-vehicle license tester? And I went, yeah, yeah, I'm going tomorrow. So anyway, I went. And best I, I job made. in the world. And uh, I started the, the following week and um, I tested everything. Tanks, lawnmowers. Um, I don't know if you remember the, the 2012 Olympics. It was the worst job test I ever did, to be fair. Um, yeah, London, London, London Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they had these electric um, chariots. 
three wheel chariots that they were going <laughs> to give to the security. You could run faster than these things. <laughs> he says to me, you need to go on the big track. It's nearly three miles long. Bank track it is. He says, and you just got to ride it round flat out till it runs out. Three hours later, I'm still <laughs> still on this pissing chariot. Yeah, round around circles. But I smiled at myself <laughs> thinking, do you know what? I'll get paid for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't argue. Um, it can't argue. <laughs> yeah, and I did cars and buses and trucks. And, and then all of a sudden, they got the contract for Triumph for durability. Mm-hmm. And which basically means smashing them to bits, riding them and just breaking them. And because that was the, the job that their test riders didn't want to do. None of them wanted to take part in, in durability. They were quite mm. happy doing all the other tests, but durability, they outsourced. Right. And um, the company I worked for basically just supplied riders, drivers for whatever companies go to my road. Still there now, a company called PDA. And uh, so they got the contract. And I don't know if you ever saw the Top Gear episode where they were there with the Rover Princess you got the eggs above their heads. And all the doors fall off. Yeah. That's the papa. It is the most brutal test known to man. Um, I snapped 21 different bikes in half wow. in the two years that I did durability. Did you ever do a uh, G6R1000? Because <laughs> mine no, fell apart four times. <laughs> no, it was just a triumph. We're the only ones really doing it on right. school. A lot, a lot of and a lot of them still do. They they mm. use rigs, but Triumph were the only ones that nobody tests like Triumph. I can't right. say. What's still to this day? Yeah, uh, wow. Royal Enfield probably come a close second, but that's only really? because yeah, that, that's only because they brought their R and D to the UK. Um, Triumph really are exceptional when it comes to their, t- and that's why they're class leaders. To be fair. You know, wow. that's why their bikes are so good if the amount of tests they put in. So I was doing durability, um, have a curb strike. So, you know, give your bike, say, so just ram it up the curb at 30 mile an hour. Creek crossings, it's like a big concrete creek. Yeah. Um, you know, go through that at 50 mile an hour so if you break it. And, and it was great. I used to love breaking because to make an engineer cry was quite rewarding. You know? <laughs> they, they spent a couple of, you know, a year or so just doing everything on CAD and, and it, oh, yes, great, it's great. Yeah, I'm going to smash that to bits. And they'd look at me and I'd go, I'm going to smash that to bits. Second lap, that's going to break. And they'd be like, no, 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 it won't. Oh, and it would. Hold my beer. Come back. <laughs> yeah, I'd come back and they'd be like, yeah, it's broken, it? Back to the drawing board. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Once, I, once I couldn't break it, then it'd go on to the next stage and it'd pretty much go out for road mileage and all the other tests because once you can't break it no more, mm. um, you, you know, um, the first bike I ever broke was the Speed Triple. Right. And uh, my first pave, I did the 1,200 miles of pave is equivalent to 120,000 road miles. That's how brutal it is. 1,200 miles on that bumpy... Yeah, is equivalent, equivalent to 120,000 road miles. 1,200 miles on it. Jesus. Yeah, so I'd worked it <laughs> out. I've got I've, any I've, teeth I've, left. I've done nearly 5 million pave miles, <laughs> if you add it up, as in what it's equivalent to. Um, I'll pave my lads as well. Um, what, with pillion on the back? back? Yeah, yeah, you have to do it with pillion as well. You have to do hmm. half and half, so you've got to do... Um, and you have to do it with luggage. Everything that's going to be on that bike, basically. Um, so everything has to be tested. Everything's got to be tested. Your and poor bollocks. 
My, yeah, I did make my lads, my eldest lad, throw up uh, in his helmet <laughs> on one occasion. Um, well, he was, he'd upset his mum. Um, oh, that's all right then. Yeah, so <laughs> I wasn't really talking to him. And you, you get to know every cobble, you know, and you know the ones that are going to hurt. And we was on a Daytona. And, <laughs> oh, um, my God. Yeah, and we, we hit a bump. And as he left the seat, I just get a little bit throttle at the next bump, and the seat came up and met him on the way down. Oh. He was black. He, he was black from knee to knee for a week, and when we oh pulled into the car, God. Up, he fell off. And I looked down, and his helmet was just full of sick. And to be fair, he never upset his mum again. If so child services that. are watching, this is purely for effect. It never he's actually happened. He's twenty-eight now. He's twenty-eight now. There's, there's no way he's coming back for that one. Yeah, he was. He was eleven at the time, but he's twenty-eight now. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that was how I started really with Trump was, and, and I just I ended up running PDA, the, the bike section because my boss was a lovely guy. He actually owns it now. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have a clue about bikes, and I sort of just slid into that where I knew bikes. Bikes was my my hobby. It was my passion. It's some, yeah. I just love bikes, and uh, so I started. I've got a really good eye for different riders because people would come. They got a license, but it didn't necessarily make them a good tester. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had some brilliant riders over the years with a lot of riding skill, but when it came to testing, they just didn't have the aptitude for it. Um, and you'd go through quite a few, you know, because they'd have car licenses. You go, Oh, I've got another rider for you. Mm-hmm. And I'd just smile and go, Okay, I'll have him for a day. And mm-hmm. then you go, What do you reckon I went? You can have him back. I don't want it, you know. <laughs> so I started to get a really good rapport with the bosses or the bosses of R&D at um, trial. A guy called Nick Wilson is an absolute legend. And um, he's the he's the guy that's basically responsible for the visitor centre. Um, okay. That, that was his baby when he retired. He retired in 2018, unfortunately. And um, they just started to give me more opportunities to do different mm. things. And it just, it flourished from there. And it got to the point, 2000, end of 2014, um, I sort of had a falling out with the big boss that owned PDA, and I moved direct to Triumph mm. um, as one of their test riders. Which there was a totally different um, how you were treated. Um, we were PDA scum, you know, <laughs> to the rest of Triumph because we did durability that nobody else wanted to do. Yeah, and um, I started on road mileage probably late 2011. My first so mileage out- bike. Out on the road, put as many miles on it, see how the bike works. Yeah, pretty much. Um, my first bike was the Sounds Daytona awesome. 675. And, and that was because, I was still PDA at this time, um, that was because their riders, there was quite a lot of work on and nobody wanted to do the sports bike. <clears throat> right. They were quite happy doing the Tiger 800, which was new at the time, you know. Everybody Off wanted that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I did all the all the, the the mileage on that bike straight for the whole project um i did and i loved it every minute of it it was just a case of uh, where do i go wherever you want okay how many miles i've got to do we'll just get on what you can get and oh. and i was doing three i was doing 300 a day which was for a sports bike was quite acceptable yeah and um just and as well as days as durability and i just worked seven days a week because it was like why have a day off if I have a day off, I've got to get my own bike out and it's going to cost me a couple of <laughs> so I just keep working. Have you got Scottish blood? 
They're probably Viking. Yeah, it's the Viking <laughs> in me, see. Um, and then obviously my wife, oh, she was never meant to be a test rider. She, I was going to say, Haley's, Haley is a test, what? Is she still a test rider now? She's, yeah, she's still yeah. testing. Um, yeah. She's still, I mean, the work just isn't there at the minute. So mm. it's quite a miss, but she's still testing. She's just finished um, her current mileage bike. She's waiting. She'll have, she might wait for two months right. for the next one, you know. Um, whereas that never happened to Triumph. We never, there was never a day that there wasn't something that needed doing, that needed testing or needed mileage on it. Or yeah. um, And I got a phone call from Triumph. And I think that was about 2011. And they said, we need a pillion. Now, my wife's. Never worked because I was quite happy for her to bring up our kids mm-hmm. and not work. But at this stage, 2011, she was ready, I think, to – she was going to be a midwife. Mm-hmm. This was her plan. She wanted to be – she wanted to catch babies because we'd have had 20 quid if she let – you know, if I let her, yeah. I should say. Um, so she wanted to be a midwife. Anyway, this job came up for a month as a pillion um, for road mileage. And I rang her up and said, there is an opportunity here for a month. Do you want to do it? Oh, yeah, yeah, sounds all right. The money's good, you know. Um, so she came and did the month. And then my boss rang me up and he says, oh, I've got a bit of news for you. He said, I've offered your wife a job. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, okay. Yeah, she starts tomorrow on Pave. I'm going to Whoa. put her, because you have a track path. And she did durability for two years, two and a half years. Um, uh, some of the bikes are quite tall. So, I mean, motocross things, I have to catch her. She's <laughs> quite small. Um, but yes, yeah, I mean she's a good rider. Um, she enjoyed it. She, she loved it, and she's done it for I say over a decade now. Never looked back. Awesome. Get, we're getting old. I think we are probably the only married couple that yeah that would tell. I mean, at one point it was a proper family affair. You know, she was out with my middle lad doing road mileage or on pave. I got my oldest lad on the back <laughs> um, because we were doing for two years. All I did was two up. That's all I did um, for two years. From, yeah, from like 2000, when I started rowing, I did the Daytona. Once that finished, um, the boss of Triumph says, can you do two up for us? We need lots of two up work today. And I yeah, went, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll get the pillions, I'll train them up. Because I think people think it's easy to find decent pillions, but you try and find a pillion that's going to sit on the back for 400 mile, day mm. in, day out, day in, day out, all weathers. It's it's not that easy. Uh, so, few and far like- between. For your obviously on your on your is it pave on your pave testing the, the the destruction testing, there's lots and lots of different surfaces and obstacles and things that that you have to uh, go over on the bike, and that and they will they will effectively damage the bike, won't they? They they will do the job. But when you're road testing, what how do you road test a bike? I mean, what's involved in that whilst you're riding? It's, it's pretty much. Just being a customer, I suppose, in the sense of obviously you become very critical, um, probably overcritical. Right. Uh, you know, the shit sandwich has a big filling. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what's needed to develop a bike. Uh, de- development takes nearly four years from start wow. to finish. Okay. Um, and that's that's pretty much industry standard. That's across the board. That doesn't matter if you do Cat BMW. It's pretty much from the time somebody draws it to the time you see it on a press launch that's that's normally four years wow if it's just if it's just a facelift then you'd probably get it done in a couple of years you know mm-hmm. because there's so much testing and, and that's got to be done and triumph is so good at that they really are and i've learned that more so since i've obviously 
come out of track, unfortunately. And uh, I thought, hey, you know, I've got 12 years under my belt, 13 years nearly. <laughs> my CV's quite long and extensive. I've got to find work, no problem. Yeah. There's just no work there. It's because nobody else tests. They're going to start doing it because things are changing within the British motorcycle industry for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, now we've got New Norton, BSA, mm-hmm. opening their R&D up in the UK. Um, yeah, I've noticed BSA is starting to um, rear its head again. It's coming back. Yeah, and ironically, <laughs> all of these motorcycle companies have got Triumph and ex-employees working there right. mm-hmm. because that's the other good the, the thing that Triumph are really good at. It's not only making top-class motorcycles, they're really good at making top-class engineers, some of the best in the world because of the regime that Triumph put them through as engineers and design engineers and the amount of the amount of availability of testing that they can do on any part, any project mm. is, is just, you know, it's an open checkbook really just to get it done. And that'll always make, for me, that'll always make an engineer the best he's going to be because all I am really is a tool. I'm a tool because engineers, it's all about theories. And the only way that they can prove if their theories work is if I go and ride the bike and I say yay or nay. I'll either prove that it'll work or I'll disprove it. Mm. And then if I disprove it, they have to go back to the drawing board and they have to rethink their own strategy. Mm. And I think that in turn makes them better engineers. Uh, and that's, I think, why I try they do, as well as making amazing bikes, they make amazing engineers. And a lot of their engineers are everywhere. Um, 80, 85, probably 90% of Norton is old Triumph. X-Triumph. Wow, is it? There's uh, quite a few at BSA at the motorbike show, and I was like, wow, BSA, wow, you've got... Because COVID, um, I think, put Triumph into a bit of a panic. And October, uh, no, August it was, 2020, they just wiped the board and 260-plus went engineers. And people, the names that even I am still shocked at to this day, mm-hmm. 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 you know, that, that were just... Because they panicked. And then yeah. the motorcycle industry went into a boom of all yeah, things. You, you were a victim, weren't you, of, of of COVID? That's when you got you got laid off from Triumph, yeah. Along, as yeah. you said, along with hundreds of other people. It's not just Triumph, was it? I mean, um, I, I think I think initially, I know from a different end of the motorcycle sector. You know, twenty twenty. Those first sort of three or four months, I would say six months actually of of the COVID lockdown. Everyone just put brakes on. I mean, I, I I lost sponsors. I lost three quarters of my sponsors literally in the first two weeks um, of of the lockdown. Uh, I, I could see it everywhere. Like all, all the press departments just went, "Well, we're not doing anything." Yeah, everybody yet. had a panic. Hang on. Yeah, and then as you said, it was incredible, wasn't it? Because sort of six months into lockdown, I think when we had that first ease of lockdown, it, it was like. People went to dealerships and just went, I want the bike. I'm buying the bike. And the whole the whole sector, maybe not every single manufacturer for sure, but certainly your Harleys, your BMWs. I know Hondas have done well. Triumph have done well. People have just gone and started buying, haven't they? And it's only really yeah. this year that, I mean, I think even some of the dealerships I speak to, they're still seeing incredible sales at the moment. To the extent where they they can't get the new bikes at the moment, they can't get the stock because of the the chip shortage and everything else like that. Yeah, 
and, and it pushed the second hand market up. I, I mean, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we sold we sold my wife's um, street triple to um, a lovely guy called Bob Sheldon up at Stafford Triumph. Mm-hmm. He's got an amazing dealership. Um, really is to me, it's one of the best um, that, that, that sort of showcases the brand. He's a lovely guy, and he actually gave me what I was asking for it for private sale. And I thought, wow, you know. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just buying as much as I can. Yeah, second yeah, yeah. hand stock because I've got new in the showroom but I can't get you one till next year you know yeah, that, right. that was and I was having people remember who were going do you know what I want the, the new 900 Tiger but they're telling me I can't get it till next March and this is mm-hmm. like August time mm-hmm. and they can't get it till next March and they can't give me a price and even then they can't guarantee you know what I can't guarantee you know what I can't guarantee that um, you're going to get it and, yeah. and it was, it was, it was quite a boom. And um, I know that a lot of a lot of engineers took the redundancy, and then they got reemployed. So they managed to get a few back. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few that obviously that upset that they were, <clears throat> they were shortlisted for the chop in the first place. They went and found jobs elsewhere. So which can only benefit the rest rest of the industry, really. Exactly, because that knowledge and experience is now moving across into other yeah, manufacturers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly for sure. that. So what and state think, are you in now then? Where are, where are you now? Well, well, I signed for Norton um, you know, on my birthday, actually, November um, 2020, which I was really excited about because <laughs> they were all extra. But there was a few of the old Norton guys there that kept the best of what was there. Um, but the majority, um, but they're just, like I say, four years, you know, to, to, to get a bike um, to the standard that it needs to be. And they've got a long road to travel. But I do believe that New Norton, as I call them, are going to end up being an amazing brand. Yeah. yeah. They really have you, are. Uh, have you seen Land Shops? Sorry to interrupt. There's a little bit of a delay, folks. I do apologise. I'm, I'm I'm not specifically trying to talk over uh, people when they're on a podcast, but there is a slight delay. Um, have you seen Lamb Chops's video? Uh, he was he was one of a, I think there was only two. Michael Mann was the other uh, sort of journal, but uh, they they did a thing with Norton. Have you seen his vid at all? Yeah, he went to the factory, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they when when I was um, working out of there, they were still pretty much building that inside right. it was still being um put together um my old boss um he's actually uh, he went to workshop now uh, which was my old boss from triumph right. um and uh i still talk to him now and they're, they're still chipping away at it and they've got a lot of work to do that's mm. uh, and not only with making bikes they've got a lot of work to do with with the customers and the brand yeah. to make it oh, great yeah. again Mm-hmm. Because uh, to be fair, what that man did, he should definitely mm-hmm. be in jail. That's just my opinion. That's not even for the money he took. For me, for the bikes that he delivered to people, mm-hmm. I'm surprised nobody has has become a fatality. Um, it, it was hearing. He Sorry, go on, go on, go on. No, no, go on. Um, it, it for was, me, he should be in jail. Yeah, it was hearing the. Uh, uh, forgive, uh, forgive me. I can't remember the name of the chap, but the sort of. I don't think he's was he the owner of New Norton that was on Chops's vid, but or he, very high up anyway. He came on and he basically said, you know, they've they've found something like sixty critical errors in the the 
the last lot of Nortons, you know, that were released out to the public. And it was like, you know, we, we just, even with one of them, we couldn't, we couldn't release a bike even with one. And they found something like 60 critical errors. So he basically said, we're starting again and, you know, we're going to do it right. It looks, it looks an incredible setup. Yeah. To be fair, what he was selling was concepts. He was selling concept bikes. They're not been tested. They've been, I rode that V4. Um, there was actually 36 points of danger. Six, that was it. That Sorry. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, I could agree with that. I can't obviously say too much sure, because sure I'm, I'm still under an NDA. Um, I would have thought, you know, um, but I love that bike, the Chrome V4 and the, is it the Street Fighter version that they've, they've done as well? Oh, yeah. oh my God. That, that V4, it. it was a concept. Mm-hmm. So nothing had been tested, but do you know what? With the with the development, because it still looks the same, and I would say that um, they're basically they've had to redevelop and test every part, and obviously make things better. Mm-hmm. But what a bike! I tested it back to back with the BMW and the Ducati. BMW was a fantastic bike, as you know. You fell in love with it, yeah, but for me, it was too clinical. It was too clinical. Yeah, it, it's, it's typical too BMW, good. isn't it? It's typical BMW. It's too yeah. refined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of the um, 2007, 2000, yeah, 2006, 2007 Blade. Mm. Everybody kept saying, oh, that bike's so boring. Yeah. No, it was just so well engineered yeah. that it, it felt very clinical. It didn't really have a personality. Yeah. Um, it didn't. There was nothing there to really scare you, you know. It was so good at yeah. everything. And I think the BMW is the same. It's very clinical. It's very – it's an awesome bike. Mm-hmm. But for me, it just didn't – it didn't like my fire. The Ducati, Panigale was – I liked it. You know, it's a Ducati. Um, but it was just too complex. And you needed to go to university just to work the clocks out. <laughs> you know, let alone like the Google had to start it because you have to lift the you have to lift the kill switch out of the way to get find the starter button. Yeah, I've like, never ridden a Panigale. Never, never taken any of them out. I only found it because I googled it because I stood there for fifteen minutes looking at rock prat because I couldn't start <laughs> the thing. So and then you know YouTube great. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just started Panigale. <laughs> Tell you in five minutes. Thank God and, for YouTube. Um, <laughs> but it, it did have personality. But then that Norton. Oh God, that thing gave me an hard on every time I rode it. It was, mm. even though it was shockingly under tested, it was. There's nothing else like it, mm. you know. So the original concept and everything else is amazing. The fact that it had never done any testing was shocking. But I do believe New Norton will have that. I can't wait. To, I hope I get to go back on it. I'm still hoping Norton will knock the door. Some point, uh, say. I, I think I think Norton is going to be the brand. I don't think it's going to be the brand that you know most of us will be able to to go along and buy. But I think it's going to be that exclusive brand, isn't it? It's pretty. It's going to be yeah. MV Augusta, but I think another level. It's just going to be yeah. the elite bike. Yeah, the, the talent that they've got um, that they've employed is just next level. Mm. Like I say, most of it is X X Triumph. Right. You know, so you know it's going to be good. Um, or so, for me, I know it's going to be good. <clears throat> I mean, we could keep chatting about all that, and we're, we're, we're going to go down various different avenues with the questions. Yeah, that's but uh, something I want to cover is the, the accident 
that that led you to to Buddy? You know, can we can we cover there? What what happened there? Uh, yeah, um, the planets were aligned. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'd done <clears throat> over probably just under nine hundred thousand miles. Um, I'd done for Triumph, you know, yeah, within Bellum miles road and track, and never dropped a bike, never had a scratch. You know, you just go out every day, you do your job, um, and then. On the 1st of June, 2019, planets were aligned and everything went wrong. Oh, mm. it just was a catastrophic day. Um, I wasn't feeling it for one. I ran my wife. I'd done my Cotswold route, um, which I normally do on a Friday. So I was coming back up through Stowe, Morton in the Marsh, up the, up the Fosway, the Fastway, as we call it. And uh, I'd usually I'd be on Tesco's and have a lunch. And um, I was on my dream bike, which is still my favourite my favourite bike of all time, and if I had the money, there'd be one in my garage. And I was the first test rider. What, what is it? What is I, it? I was the first test rider to, to get this model. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll digress and go back a little bit. Okay. I did I did most of the miles on the T120, mm-hmm. uh, Bonneville, and I loved it, but it was always just missing something for me. Uh, and it, it, it did everything that the brief said it had to do, I mean, what it had to be. And it, it's, it's an amazing bike. You know, it, it's, uh, it brought the Bonneville range up a level. But I kept saying, I want an Arvush. Can't, can't we just have an Arvush? I want some a bit more, you know, a bit more pep in it to go. Yeah, yeah. And they kept laughing at me, saying, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, okay. Anyway, a year or so later, there it is. And it was basically the, the speed, what is known as the speed twin now, mm-hmm. um, the sip and beg thruxton. And it was like, for me, I melted as soon as I seen it. And really? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I begged to get on that, on that project pretty much. And they did, they put me on it. And um, I was 8,000 miles in. And for a prototype, this bike still looked like it come out great. I polished it every day when I got home. I loved it. <laughs> it I just, I, I totally, I never had this bond with any bike at this point that I tested but I think because I designed it in my mind a year or so previous this was you know this was my dream bike and I loved it yeah. every day just lovely night apart from this one day I, just, I wasn't quite feeling it I said to the wife she says I've, I've done 260 miles I made know I had enough um, it was a nice sunny day and uh, I headed back um, towards Martin in the Marsh and was, just as I come round I left into a right with a bit of a crest. There was a road sweeper minibus coming round the road sweeper on the wrong side of the road, right on the bend. Mm-hmm. And the car in front of me just panic braked. And it was like, <sighs> plan A's gone because there's three vehicles. And I could see that there's just this little bit of grass to the left, nice, soft, mossy grass, but lovely. And um, I pulled the front brake and it just flicked me. And it flipped me at 50 mile an hour. Yeah, it just flipped me straight into um, the car that was braking to miss the minibus. Wow. Uh, The minibus driver never stopped, and I still can't. I can't, to this day, I can't get over that. Um, I I, I don't see how somebody could leave somebody in the road. Yeah. And as I I turned, um, I was quite low as it flipped me, because I was still, I still wanted that grass. Yeah, because um, it went straight up on the front wheel, and I just, I just to the point where I knew I could stop it, but now I'm travelling quite fast on the front wheel, and I just pulled some more, and it, and it flicked me. And 
I left an imprint in the back of the car. It looked like um, sort of out of Roadrunner, um, out of cartoon. Yeah. Wally Coyote, you know, just left an imprint of himself in the car. Yeah. And hit it at the bike hit the right, I hit the left, and the bike had a logger on it. The bike hit the car at 51.4 miles per hour. And I overtook the bike, so I was probably doing a little bit faster. Um, and the only reason I'm still here was because I was wearing an air vest. And wow. that's the thing that saved my life. Mm. Uh, I'd walked for two years. I'd done nearly 200,000 miles in it. Never thought I'd use it, but I wore it every day. You know, it's yeah. part of my personal protection kit, if you like, like your crash helmet is, your obviously boots. Yeah. And um, I cracked one rib. Um, wow. And that, that was my own fault because I got a pen in the inside pocket and as the air vest went off, it cracked my wrist. Um, but as I sort of sat up and I, and I looked down, um, my left leg was facing the wrong way. Oh. So I picked that up and flipped it over as some guy was screaming at me not to but for me it didn't look right you know it mm. was toe to toe so I flipped it over um, rang my boss up I said I've totaled my bike I was quite upset more about the bike he says are you alright I said I am now I've turned my leg back round I said oh, I'm alright um, I thought I'd break my pelvic bone and uh, I said I've got to go I said I've got to ring the wife and the paramedics because there's, there's a, an ambulance station in Stowe so they were quite quick and the air ambulance was on its way and um, they said, uh, we want to give you some gas. I said, I've got to ring the wife first. Seven times I rang her. Six times she didn't answer her bloody phone because she was upstairs. My lad answered it. And he said, you're right. I said, look, just put your bloody mother on the phone. I want some pain relief. You know, yeah, yeah. just, I said, I've had an accident. And as, as she was talking to me, um, the air ambulance were there. He's cut my trousers off. And um, I said, do you know where I'm going? He says, you're going to Oxford. And that was the luckiest part of the day, really. They took me to the John Radcliffe. And they saved my leg because um, it was an open tip of fib. Oh, um, was it? Oh, God. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> um, the medic says, you turned your leg around. I says, I did. It didn't look right. He says, how did you know which way to turn it? Mm. Uh, I said, well, I did. He went, you was lucky because if I had flipped it the other way, the other way it had just come off in my hand. Um, it was just being held on by, by a piece of skin. Um, and I thought I'd broke my pelvic bone, but I actually snapped my hip. Um, the ball, I snapped the ball off the, 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 the ball joint to the hip. I snapped oh. it clean off. Everywhere um, where you weren't wearing a vest, basically, by the sound of it. Yeah. God. You, you, can, you can rebuild your legs. You can't yeah. rebuild your organs. I, I definitely wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that air vest, you know. Uh, I um, remember speaking to you at the, the NEC last year, actually, and, and I'd been put in touch with uh, Peter over at Helite, Helite already to go and speak to. And I remember you saying you, you need you need to go and speak with them for sure. And, yeah, uh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- thank you, because I, I believe you've as spoken he, with them as well. Yeah. Yes, as I've he got said one. one yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I started wearing it actually now. Um, yes, brilliant. And now, because they've changed the rules for track days, now you have to have a, a, a full back protector for any track day now. But apparently, yeah. um, they they take uh, an air vest uh, uh, as an equal. Although allegedly, yeah. it's even better than a back protector. Thankfully, they're acknowledging that and they've said, "Yeah, no problem." Like I'm, I'm doing some stuff with California Superbike School. And you can wear the the air vest for that. So hopefully I'll never need to test it like you did. But uh, yeah. I don't need to. I've already done it. Uh, <laughs> have you um, have you tested the e turtle? Is that the one he's, he's giving you? The e turtle. 
that's the one I've got, the e-turtle. So basically, yeah. folks, there's there's two different types of, well, there's various different vests, but you get ones that are tethered to your bike. So there's basically a strap that will go around uh, like the frame of the bike. And then every time you get on the bike, you plug that into your vest. So obviously, any once you come off, it, it pulls and it will ignite the, the compressed air. Now, for me, I thought, well, I, I'm lucky enough to get the option to, to ride a variety of different bikes and they do this E version, which you're not tethered to the bike. It just has like a, like a, like a G sensor type thing. It's got a sensor built into the vest. Yeah, um, seven sensors in there. That's it. Yeah. So they, they look at like ultimately deceleration, I believe of, of the body or sudden acceleration of the body. And then that will uh, activate the vest. So that's the one I've got. So you don't need to be tethered to the bike. You don't need to test that one either because I, I saw it in it three weeks ago. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Lee, I, I need to do, I'm going to do a bit of a vid on it once I've worn it for a while. And, you know, God forbid, hopefully I don't ever need to test the thing, but, you know, I'm going to wear it and my review will hopefully just be on a practical sense of wearing it day to day and what you need to, you know, because it needs to be charged every now and then and all this sort of stuff. But I'd love, I mean, I'll come up to you, but I would love to chat to you on camera just for a couple of minutes and just get your point of view from, from wearing it. That that would be great for, for a vid. We can chat about this yeah, yeah, after. Yeah. Don't don't feel compelled to yeah, say yes. No, 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 most definitely. Yeah. Have you been to the uh, Trump Visit Centre yet? No, I've not, no. Well, we might as well do both. I'll take you there. Right, we'll do it. We're going to have a cup of tea and a panini. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we could do that, no problem. But yeah, you know I what? tested that one three weeks ago. <laughs> three weeks ago? And it worked. Yeah, three weeks ago. I asked, I got a black toe. Um, yeah, I was doing a bit of testing. Um, and uh, I saw it quite epic. It went quite high. But um, yeah, it's instant. It goes off in 0.8 milliseconds. Wow. wow. Is the ignition time on the... Um, I mean, I'll wear any E-Lite product without doubt. Um, mm. For me, mm. Pete saved my life in 2016. And it was just a, a general inquiry after one of our track riders had high-sided at 120. Mm. And they'd just issued the track riders with the Daneasy airbag yeah. suits. And he, yeah. he walked away from it. And I was like, I've got to look for something like this on the road. Mm. And I went out that night and I was like, Oh, he liked look quite a good company. Um, and I can remember we had a visit to one of our advanced riding nights where a guy called Lee Lowry come and he blew Ailey up, actually. He, um, it, but it was the thing at the time where it was like they were 500 quid each, something mm -hmm. it's a thousand pounds. Kind of just defy the money. Mm -hmm. And what a stupid thing to say. I spent that on a crash helmet. Yeah, exactly. And the crash helmet's done. Um, I recharged it. The next day, because that's the firing pin. Mm. Um, yeah. So the next day, I just took the old bottle out, put the new one in, and I was back. It was back on my back. Um, I do prefer it to the lanyard one now. Yeah. Um, purely because um, with like the adventure bike, you can stand up. You can stand up in the pegs um, with the tethered one, but you have to lengthen the lanyard, which means okay. you've now shortened your ignition time because yeah. it's got longer yeah, yeah. to travel. Uh -huh. so theoretically, when you sat on the bike, you want it as tight to the bike as possible. You yeah. know, So as soon as you come off that bike, it pops. Um, the, my wife's I've, worn one since 2016. It's saved her from being paralysed mm -hmm. twice. Oh. Oh, um, car drove through her. That was her last shift for Triumph, 2000 and, uh, yeah, 2020. <laughs> One, no, 20, uh, March. 
she's pulled up to an island and a lady driver just drove through her Whoa. center 10 foot in the air she came down landed on her head but because the air vest went off it just and she had a little bit of whiplash but that was the last shift for Ireland. we're not sponsored by Haylight folks at all but <laughs> no, um, we're not Obviously, Lee and Haley have have working practical knowledge of them, and as I'm wearing one now and want to be doing a video on it, it's it's great to chat to it. Actually, while we're talking about sponsors, I, I'm doing a new thing at the moment where not I used to just do my sponsor readouts after I've done the chat, but um, I want to do them like on on camera now. So you know, it's not just an audio thing; it's a video thing. So bear with me yeah. two seconds. You're welcome, folks. Uh, the podcast, I mean, the podcast in the main channel, I couldn't do this full time without without sponsors and stuff. I know they're not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, I am massively thankful to, to those that come on board. So the podcast is sponsored by Inov. Now, Inov, you know, they do the motorcycle dash cams. Uh, they do the single C5 system, which you can also wear as a, a helmet cam if you like. Um, and they do the K series, which is the dual camera front and rear. They, I don't think they do the K2 anymore, but they certainly do the K3 and the K5. The K5 is like the flagship 4K front camera and uh, 1080 rear. That's the one I have on the on the tractor. Um, the K3 and K5 they come with GPS overlay, so it'll actually record where you've been as well. It's a um, it's an autonomous system, so the second you start the bike, the cameras kick in and they just start recording, like any normal dash cam. If you're familiar with a dash cam, you'll know how it works. So you can set it at one minute, three minute, five minute, 15 minute loops. And basically it just keeps looping around like that. So you've continually got effectively CCTV of your ride. Obviously, you need to think about this because the bike will record everything you're doing, records your speed, it records with the GPS, it will record exactly where you are. The beauty of the system is if you are involved in something where, let's say, you're you're T-boned or you're not at fault, then... Whenever you call up your insurance in the event of a claim, the first thing they're going to ask is, is there CCTV? And if you have one of these systems fitted, believe you me, I've had a couple of people now contact me and say, without the the in-off systems running and that video evidence of what, what happened, without that, they either would have been 50-50 at court or they would have lost it. Because if you haven't got a witness account, Unfortunately, the insurers tend to go 50-50 or they'll place the blame with the motorcyclist. So it's definitely worth having. I've now got an affiliate code, an affiliate link with Inov. So feel free if you want to use that, it will be down there. If you don't want to use the affiliate uh, link, just head to inov.co.uk. If you use the code Teapot, T-E-A-P-O-T, you will get 5% off of any of their cameras. And that goes for the, the Techologic cameras there as well. And I think they're called Viofom or something like that. They're the, the car dash cam systems that they do. So make sure you head there and a massive thanks to Inov for their support. Right, I'm back. Sorry about that, dude. And I, I do think that that system is amazing. To be fair, yeah. uh, I yeah. just can't afford one. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what we can do. We might be able to help you out there. You never know. Um, yeah, they, they are. They, they, they absolutely are. Like I said, I've had a couple of people contact me and, and say, you know, I, I bought one 
more's in support really for me to be perfectly honest they they were like you know okay we'll 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 buy one and mention that you you sent us this way and uh two of the guys exactly what i just said there they got knocked out one guy got knocked over by he was stationary and a taxi rear-ended him because he because he filtered to the front of the the queue at the traffic lights the taxi driver got the arse and he rear-ended the bike and knocked him over and then the taxi said that the bike rode into him so uh, thankfully because he had CCTV front and rear it, it caught everything so it went 100% in his favour so massive yeah. great but anyway if I'd have had that system the uh, the minibus driver would never got away you there know you go. it's, it's there you go. like you say yeah. you can't beat a video um, totally. video evidence but it can work against you you know you like it, <laughs> it's definitely, say, yeah, it can work against you yeah, it's like definitely anything. calmed me down 100% it has calmed me down because I'm well aware everything is being covered on that bike yeah. all the time, 24. As soon as I'm on the bike and the engine's going, it's covering this then. In fact, it even has a parking feature. So uh, I should have mentioned this in the in the readout, sorry. It's got a parking feature. So when you activate that, if you stop the bike, walk away from it, if there's any movement of your bike, so if you get nudged in a car park or anything, it kicks in and it, it starts recording straight away. So hopefully you'll catch, as long as it's in, in front of the cameras, it'll capture anyone that's responsible. Is he, is he snoring? He's quacking at me. He's sort of grunts at me. He's talking he's away. He's bored. He's, he's going, who's that bald guy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, they say dogs can't see it, but a dog comes on the telly, he wants to kill it. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. My dog sits and watches the TV if there's dogs on it. He's watching. She was watching Crufts the other night. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he loves having a go at them. Yeah, does he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I've right. got um, I've got two two big bulldogs, and he dominates them. He bites one of the bulls. He, he's horrible to him. Um, do they do they get jealous about him coming out on the bike then, or uh, no? Because he rules the roost. I mm. think they're quite glad when they see the back of him. To be fair, I oh, <laughs> thank God for that. He's, he's going out to the bike. We have a bit of peace and quiet, you know. But, uh, he's got issues. What can I say? He spent the first five months of his life in a cage. Yeah, yeah, you know? true, true. Yeah. You both saved each other, mate, by the sound of it. Oh, most definitely. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Right, Thank dude, you. how about we fire over to the questions? Because there's loads of questions. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, and we're an hour in already, and we've not even started questions yet. So I, I've purposely not looked at these because it would have, have overloaded not? my tiny brain. I had, a, I had a quick look at some of them just to see what people were asking to try and make sure I didn't ask those questions. So, yeah. right. We'll go to Patreon first off. So it's patreon.com forward slash teapot one. First one, Adam86. Excuse me. Hi, Lee, Bruce, and Buddy. Hope you're all well. I must admit, I haven't come across Lee's channel yet, but thanks for bringing it to my attention, and I certainly will be having a look. Yeah, please do, folks. I'll leave links down below, so make sure you head across to the channel, give them a, 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 a subscribe. My question is... Considering Lee's past as a motorcycle tester, does he agree with you, Bruce, that the GS is the best bike in the world? Sorry to bring it up, but someone had to ask. <laughs> Go on in. What's your opinion of the mighty tractor? I'd like to say I hate it, but to be fair, it, it, the first time I was asked to ride it as a benchmark was 2013 when they came out with the first water cooled. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe it was the first walk-up and BMW shifted the vehicle to walk-up yeah. and my boss gave me the keys brand new BMW and he says go forth and do 400 miles and come back and tell me it's shit <laughs> and I went, okay boss 
Tell her. I went out, did 400 miles. I come back and he stood there looking at me with his stern look. Hey, little guy, isn't it, person? And he says, what do you reckon And I went, ah, I'd like to tell you it's a pot of shit. But fuck me, it's amazing. Compared <laughs> compared to what, because obviously 2013, we were we were coming into second generation or to start Explorer. the second generation with the Explorer. Yeah, and I had one. I bought one. I two, did, yeah. 2015, <laughs> I bought one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they obviously had a lot of problems in the 2011, 2012, because there was a lot mm. of recalls uh, for headwork and everything else. I'll give JB his, his, his due. Um, they not only did the recall, anything that had a scratch on it, any, any fur and it were changed. People got virtually oh. brand new bikes back because it was, it was a totally new area yeah. for Triumph was the adventure market. Mm-hmm. You know, the old Tiger was was never an adventure bike, really. Um, it was just their their first effort once. And then because obviously the Tiger 800 came out first, and that was a really big hit. And that was the very first bike I, the very first bike I rode was the Tiger 800 um, on the fast track, just doing a missions test. Um, and I did development in all the 800s, which is one of my favourites. I do like the 12. I've had some really good experiences on the 12. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it's top heavy. Um, and that's why you're never going to beat the BMW because of the BMW engine configuration that low centre of gravity just makes it perfect for what it's built for and that's why BMW are never going to change it they're on to a winner that boxer engine that they first started with you know just gave them it just handed them the golden ticket for the adventure bike of the year every year because for the big capacity I still say that the Tiger 800 is the best mid-range um, adventure bike out there to this day the 900 um, which was my last project ironically at first but then last um, is for me it's still the best mid-range bike mm-hmm. um, the Explorer I love it but you're not it's not far I mean the new one the new one is awesome um, is it? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I do believe it is going to give the BMW a run for its money. I mean, really? I, to be fair, I'd like to test ride it again now when it's in the shops because I yeah. rode it in 2000, 2019. I rode it. It was the very first mm-hmm. prototype of the 1200s. That shows you how long yeah, it yeah. takes to get a bike through. I did 10,000 miles on the first one. Wow. Um, and for me, it was chalk and cheese to the old one. It was mm. on that, you know, you you could just tell the work that the designers have put in it because we always want to beat the Messerschmitt. You, you know, it's a British thing, isn't it? For I, us, the Messerschmitts, we just wanted to because there was a big uh, war. Of course, mentally between you're not allowed to mention it. between between the Spitfire Triumph <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Messerschmitt of BMW. Of course, um, because but purely because they were class leaders. Mm. You know, if, if Yamaha had been class leader, the war would have been against Yamaha. You know, yeah. it would have been, but BMW is always going to be that mark, isn't it? In in the big adventure market, and by adventure, I fully accept the vast majority of people out there that buy it are never going to go anywhere near dirt. But in no, that section, I'm shit on the dirt. What's that? Oh, shit on the dirt. I'm shit on the dirt. Me too. I don't even like getting dirty. You, you know, it's like I hate, I hate dry mud on my hands. That's why I never play football. It's like it doesn't appeal to me. I'm not all. that bad. I'm a tar. I'm, I'm just shit off. Yeah, I'm, yeah um, exactly that. 
But what I've always found with the Triumph is it's beautifully refined. It is a beautifully smooth engine. And if you're going two up, especially, and for certain types of riders, I can see them liking that bike because it is really refined. It's deceptively quick. It's not as quick as your KTM Ducati uh, and your Beamers. You know, certainly the, the previous model. I've not ridden this this new one, obviously, but the previous one. To be fair, <laughs> well, well, I, I, I've ridden all of them. Uh, with my style of riding and yeah. the Triumph, the Triumph is is nowhere near as quick as the other three. Quick. It's, yeah, it's just the, not. Yeah, you'll, the top you'll keep, is a lot more on the case, yeah. yeah. You'll keep all three in your sights, but you're never yeah. going to beat them. It's like the GS. The GS will keep the Ducatis and the KTMs in the sights, but you ain't going to beat them. Whereas you, you certainly your KTM, that's like a fucking rocket ship. What an amazing yeah. machine. But then so again, yeah, it I, has I, I class I class an adventure bike as the bike that will take you around the world. For me, that it's the bike that it doesn't have to be the fastest, but it's it's gotta it's gotta be for me. What it's gotta be comfortable. It's gotta be. It's gotta have the gadgets, all the gadgets you need, enough you know power points and heated grips, heated seats, all the niceties. Um, I was I was given one, or I was given because I did the I started doing the press launches, which for me was the pinnacle of my career. Which mm. I absolutely loved it, um, and it was an honour to do it. Um, late 2015 2017 we'd just done the 2017 Explorer launch mm-hmm. and um, my boss came to me and he says you, you, you need to do me a favour you're doing me a favour tomorrow morning you need to ride that Explorer back to the UK and it's got to be there for Monday morning this was Friday I've just done two weeks on a press launch mm-hmm. and I just smiled and I went yeah no problem it was December so it was like <laughs> a week before Christmas the warmest it got was minus four all the way yeah. back and it was a good job yeah, I'd got yeah. me to gear with me with my jacket my trousers and my gloves and um, over the Pyrenees I sat behind a snowplow for two hours um, <laughs> while he's plowing snow listening to Elvis and I just softened the suspension off because you could do it on the on the handlebars on the you know yeah, through yeah. the controls and for me I just felt that this is the best bike in the world because the confidence it inspired me with to get me back in them conditions mm-hmm. um for me, that's an adventure bike because it took me on an adventure. It doesn't yeah. matter that it doesn't, I don't want to go off road. I've got no interest in going off road. I'm going to get dirty, you know, put on tarmac. But I sort of, I, I class, I class the modern adventure bikes, the big adventure bikes. I class them as sport, as tourers. To me, they're just, they're the same market yeah. as, as tour bikes, as sports tourers. Because they've well, got they, the killed, they, they killed that market, didn't they? Absolutely. But you that know. sports bike, that sports touring market is is trying to make a little bit of a, a sort of rebirth, a bit of a resurrection. It's coming back. Yeah, I think Suzuki um, yeah. have shown that with their yeah, new GT, sports yeah. tourer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even um, the new Hayabusa, is, it's beautiful. It's lovely. Yeah. Really comfortable. I think- Will it take off and kill the adventure bike? I don't think it will mm. because people are still buying into the Hugh and McGregor. Yeah. Charlie Gorman, 100%. you know. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the BMW is good. All my mates have got them, to be fair. Um, they were going to buy me a little stamp from a top box because I love doing a Messerschmitt on my own to tie. Oh, it's nothing better than overtaking a Messerschmitt in the bends and just give them a little wave as you go past. And it's it just... Yeah, right, enough. It just, you know, it gives me a really warm feeling to know that yeah, the Messerschmitt Schmidt yeah. was beat. But in saying that, they are, they are, they are a good bike. And BMW are very good at <clears throat> not hiding problems, but 
they will, when things go in for servicing, they know something's wrong with something, they'll change it without you knowing. Right. You know, and it'll just be slight things, um, which, you know, in some issues is a good thing because obviously all manufacturers buy everybody else's bikes mm-hmm. because they're your benchmarks. How do you know what to be unless you know what the best is? Yeah, so yeah. try and spend a hell of a lot of money on buying the competition's bikes, a lot of BMWs. And the same with every other BMW do it. They all do it because otherwise, how do you know the, the level that you've got to Where take your bike to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, BMW is all was always from the start of the Explorer to this day is still the benchmark, which says a lot for BMW that mm-hmm. every year they bring out it's better and it's better. But I can say the same for Triumph. There's never been a bike in the over the decade that I've worked from that's gone backwards. Mm-hmm. They always get better and better as years yeah. go on. They are, they're always being improved, and that's just the healthy competition of of trying to beat the opposition, I suppose. Yeah, it can all, and, it can only uh, be good, can it? Can only be good for the industry. Yeah. Um, as for Adam, the best bike in the world, go on. I truly believe that the best bike in the world is the bike that you personally own that you're in love with. Absolutely. That's the best bike in the world. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It makes you smile. Oh, yeah. You, you know, if you own it and you love it and it's your baby, that's the best bike in the world. Yeah. Totally. It doesn't matter if it, it costs 20 grand or two grand. If it's yours, it's the best bike in the world. 100% with you there, brother. Absolutely. Um, Adam also asks, secondly, what was your favourite manufacturer to test for and why? Well, we've already covered that. Triumph, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, even now. You know, I'm I'm a triumph man. Um, <laughs> no, are you? <laughs> ev- everything that's in them, I was quite bitter mm. at, at, at the beginning, especially well, for, being, of my for being let go. Yeah, and especially mm. that um, the bike that I was on, there was a problem with it that was that contributed to uh, my accident. And I remember when they told me I was in the wheelchair, and they were like looking at me with their weird faces, and they just said, "Just want to come back to work." What's up, love? <laughs> huh? I said, I just want to... He says, you're not going back to work. He says, uh, I just want to come back to work. And they went, yeah, yeah, no problem. As soon as you're fit and ready to your job. And I did, I went back. I did go back to work in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's up with you? You want to go out? You want to go for where you wish? Um, and I was quite a bit of a There is so <laughs> much, so much... <laughs> tired, love, go to sleep. There's so much of my soul blended in to every part that Triumph sell up to the moment at this point. You know, mm-hmm. Somebody put on the, one of the Triumph forums the other week. What bike would you like? To, what, what bike would you like to see on the next Triumph stand? And I put one I haven't ridden because right. um, the 1200 is the last one. That's that is the last one now that they're releasing that um, that I had nothing to do with. Okay. Uh, I had something to do with, I should say. Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. they come out with from now on, there's you've not never, you've so, yeah. I'll yeah. be quite just as a rider, but I'm always going to look Triumph. I think the brand is amazing. I think the people are amazing. I think corporate Triumph are a bunch of assholes. Um, but the people are the people. Sorry, he's, he's peeping away. <laughs> do you want to come cuddles? Yeah, I think he wants a bit of attention, doesn't he? Oh. Yeah, What's his John for say? What's his John for say on the back there? Oh, he's uh... muddy Paw Patrol. <laughs> muddy Paw Patrol, yeah. Is that better? 
he just wanted a bit of fuss, didn't he? Uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm always going to love Triumph, but I've got a lot of respect for obviously other brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think New Norton are going to be amazing. Mm. I've got high hopes of BSA after talking to the guys on the stand at um, some of the engineers I work with. I like what they put out. Um, they've got a lot of work to do, same with everybody else. Yeah. Um, Enfield, I've got a lot of respect for Enfield. Enfield really boomed the last five years, six years, mm-hmm. ever since they they stole most of the engineers from Triumph <laughs> <laughs> and started their R&D in, in the UK. So, you know, for them to, to design, test, um, it's, it's a British bike. I get that with Triumph a lot where people go, yeah, but they're Thailand built. They're built in Thailand. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, that don't wash from it. They're tested, they're designed, mm-hmm. and they're not ready to be assembled anywhere else in the world until they're finalised in the UK. They're British built. Mm-hmm. You know, anything can be assembled anywhere. It's where it's designed with British engineers, British engineering. And that's what makes a British bike. And I think that's why Royal Enfield is so strong. Mm-hmm. And Norton are going to be the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we as, we, as a nation, we as a nation do it better than anybody. Mm-hmm. We really do. It would be nice to see, it would be nice to see, uh, not a rebirth, but... Um, like a rejuvenation, and and you're right, it is coming. A rejuvenation in British manufacture across the board. It would be great to see that again, wouldn't it? Like we're actually we're actually making stuff here in the UK, and and that is starting yeah. to happen for sure. Absolutely, I think Triumph, Triumph for sure. Out of all the manufacturers that that I've dealt with, their PR for sure is head and shoulders above everybody. You know, like literally it's every couple of days there's a press release, another press release for another, either another model or another version of a model. I mean, they're constantly chucking out new bikes. It feels like there's like another type of bike every week. It's incredible. Yeah. They they cottoned on quite early to the demise of printed publication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, I said, they've gone I with to, digital massively. Yeah, I, I was like I say, I was honoured enough to do the press launches, so I would go as a lead and tail rider, basically. Mm-hmm. So I would get to lead the the world press um, for the duration of the press launches, and it became quite clear, especially when um, pretty much when Forty Four Teeth sort of an Al Fagan, um, they started to go more YouTube and digital. They realised that. And MCN went from 250,000 copies a week to 40,000, nine yeah. journalists to two. Mm-hmm. And magazines just died. Yeah. They yeah, died yeah, to yeah. death. And that, mm-hmm. that was part down to YouTube, to be fair. It's 44 teeth. It's all 44. I mean, I think, I think people like Andy, TMF, they deserve some credit for this because a lot of the journalists looked and they suddenly saw that. They suddenly saw that the printed media... It just wasn't getting anything. I mean, I don't think they even get. Yeah. I don't think even MCN gets forty thousand copies anymore. But um, like they looked at that, and it was just like, 
oh god, you know, this is where people are engaging. And then Chris and yeah. Al at Forty Four Teeth, they were the first channel, I think, certainly here in the UK, that really went for it in a magazine style. You know, they've gone for your fast bikes, last yeah. mag type type style and gone for it on YouTube. And you see MCN, MCN's YouTube channel was dog shit. And all of a sudden now it's yeah. it's really stepped up its level, isn't it? I don't think this is an easy blessing. Yeah. He's got a lot more comfortable because the thing was Much I, more I found as well camera. they were great behind a typewriter, but yeah. in front of a camera and they yeah. got lost. Yeah, but and it's a new skill and they're, they, they're, they're all getting it. Now. Yeah, and because they missed the boat as such, mm. they sort of it took them a while to catch up. Yeah, Visor Down's doing quite well now. I used mm. to like I can't remember the, the lad's name. I used to have him in my group quite a lot. Yeah, Ben. But I used cool. to like taking yeah. him out. He's a good rider. Yeah. Um, he but they sort for, of missed um, the boat. He works for two tires now. He works for a tire place in, in South London, Ben. He, yeah. he helps run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke to him. Nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bennett's obviously mm-hmm. are still just about holding on. Um, they get they get quite a few invites. Mm-hmm. Um, but Triumph started to do like, especially in America, they started to do like purely YouTubers where they'd invite them out for like, yeah. like a deal a week yeah. and let them ride everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because uh, you do the press launches for the press launch season normally from November till March, and then the last one would be dealer dealer week, and you'd have all the dealers come out. Trying to be very good, uh, giving the dealers the same experience as the press. Mm-hmm. They'd come out and they'd ride everything, you know, uh, before they'd get to put them in their showrooms, and that's dealers from all around the world. You'd have the same as the press. You'd have English Day, Italian yeah. Day, yeah, yeah. Um, German Day. And they're all different. Even the press, they're all they're all crazy different um, for their own reasons. I really enjoyed the press launches. If I could find a job where that's all I did, yeah, was press launches. That I, would be, I, I used that to would get invited me. by Triumph in particular. I used to get invited to all their their press type launches, but it just. I mean, it's it's certainly been to my detriment, a hundred percent for for the channel. But I just it annoyed. Not anno- annoyed's the wrong word. I didn't. I didn't want to be a sheep. I didn't want to just be another another person turning up, riding the bike with everybody else. Because literally, a lot of people would have a vid up within a couple of days of doing it, and yeah. I, I, I can't do that. I can't. It takes me no. probably four or five days to to do a vid, and by the time the vid's well, up, everyone else has got the views. <laughs> yeah, for me as one of your subscribers, I respect you for that. Right. I've I've unsubscribed from quite a few because it's yeah. like I've click on and I've got like in my uh, notifications it's like the same press pack seven times yeah. over. That really annoys like, me. The press pack I'm stuff. Like, oh. Goodbye. Um, so I respect the fact you don't do that, and I also find with press launches is there's never a bad review. No. On the no. press launch, and even when it was yeah. just magazines, but when they get a staff long termer, then all of a sudden they've got lots to complain about. And it's like, um, who was the guy you had on? Is it Weir, Simon Weir? Simon Weir, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Used to work for Fast Bikes and anything else. Right, right, um, Mike. Yeah. Right, he used to ride, yeah. I, I had him in my group. Um, in fact, before I had him in my group, before I did press launches, I crucified him at an advance night where we had a guest speaker. Right. And this before I did press launches, and I said, uh, why is it? And he didn't know who I was. And I was working Triumph at the time. And I says, why is it you never get a bad review um, on a press launch? But then a month later, you're all slagging it off. 
And he sort of couldn't answer me. And he was like, and I says, is it because if you slag it off, you're not going to get invited back to the five-star hotel? Yeah. And and he just smiled at me. And then we was on the Tiger 1050 press launch in Nice. And he came up to me and went, I know your face. Mm-hmm. And I went, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, we sat down, we had a good conversation. He's a lovely guy. Yeah. And we had it's a part- really good conversation. I think I think that is part of the reason why YouTube took off the way it has done in in the bike sector it was because I think people it became fairly obvious in the printed media exactly what you just said on a press launch everything's great isn't it because people were wined and yeah. dined and you know various other things and they had a great time so what why would they say something bad if it meant they were never going to get invited back whereas YouTube allowed like Joe blogs like me, just I ride a bike like anyone else does. I've got probably less mechanical knowledge than a lot of other people out there. And and for me, I just ride the bike and tell you how I'm feeling, you know, how it, how it makes me feel. I know that winds the journals up to the nth degree because because they pride themselves on knowing why the bike makes yeah. them feel like that. Whereas for me, yeah. so I, to be honest, I don't, care why it you know what mechanically is making me do that i just want to tell you how it makes me feel you know that's it and i think people people suddenly swung to that that sort of style of review like a a, a real back to basics layman's term review and uh, yeah I, i think we we're not that the journals for sure aren't aren't doing that but they're 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 sort of They've adapted, I think, their review style to be much more camera friendly, much more, uh, a lot more engagement. And they, they sort of, I think they're easier to relate to as a normal person yeah. now, rather than just reading it, you're watching it. And it's easy to see when somebody bullshits when they're on camera, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah, exactly that. You can't hide. You, know, you, you, can't you, hide. you, you keep more worried because say anything. And oh, I yeah, think that yeah. was a brave move from Triumph to allow that because it was mm. unknown in the industry at the time. You know, mm. it was, let, let's try and, and just get every A-star review we can. Whereas yeah. Trump decided that, do you know what? Everything's going to YouTube. We just need to let them be honest. Yeah. And let yeah, the yeah. bike sell themselves. Yeah. And the quality is good enough to do that. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. There's no. never going to be the perfect bike because how can you make it better the next time? Yeah. But it's also, I, I, I've had this from people saying, you never... You've you've never reviewed a bad bike. You've never said a bad, you know, like why are there no bad bikes out there? And I'm like, well, because as a layman, you know, as as Joe blogs, there's not really any bad bikes out there. There's there's bikes that aren't as good in certain aspects as other bikes, but I don't think I don't think there's any bike I've chucked my leg over in in my world where I've just been like, this thing's horrendous. I'm never, ever, 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 ever want to ride this thing again. They've all been, they've all been all right. Some are better than others for sure. Some are comfier, some are, you know, punchier, some are more dynamic, some are more luxurious, but I don't, I can't think of a bike, which is utter dog shit for sure. That, that yeah. I've ridden, that I've ridden. You know, some might some might say, well, the suspension on that is fucking terrible or the fueling on that is fucking terrible. And in their mind, that makes that a shit bike. But for me, it's just like, okay, suspension's not as good. You know, this bike's got better, but oh well. 
But anyway, um, sorry, we, we've got to crack on with questions here. Yeah, yeah, no for five hours, I mean, that's, that's half an hour to answer one question. Um, Demo Shavo says, after confirming that the GS is actually the best bike in the world, what's the most memorable <laughs> test ride you've had for all the wrong reasons? Well, we covered that, and it? That's the one where you, yeah. I take it, I'm assuming that's the one that put you in hospital. Yeah, and I still love that bike. If I could own one, I definitely would. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know, that sounds crazy because it's my nemesis, mm-hmm. if you like. Um, but yeah, as a bike, when I say it's a bike I like to own, it's the bike I'd like to own where I go in the garage, I flick the light on and I talk to it dirty and then I take it out <laughs> on a Sunday and I bring it back Sunday on a nice sunny day and I polish it and I talk to it dirty again and I put it away. And for the rest of the week, I get my 800 Tiger out and I go and abuse it. Right. It's it's that it's it's that bike that I just want that relationship with. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I don't want to abuse it, I just want to love it and mm-hmm. talk dirty to it and <laughs> and every now and every now and again go out there and rag its arse off and then bring it back, <laughs> get it polished, talk dirty to it and put it away. So yeah, if I had the money, that would be the bike I'd own. Good you, good you. Don't really know what else to say to that one. Next one, Adam B. <laughs> Hello to both of you. I'm a long-time listener, first-time questioner. Welcome, Adam. Do either of you have any biking-related regrets? Mine would be selling the first motorbike I had at 16. It was slow and would have limited use to me today, but it gave me, te- uh, but it gave teenage me the freedom and independence I craved, and was the catalyst to see me dump time and money needed to pursue big bikes later in life. Keep up the good work. Look forward to listening to the podcast while taking the dog on a long walk. Right, Adam. Good question. So. Biking regrets. My my biking regret would be that I didn't do it earlier. Nice, nice. I, I wish. I wish. I mean, I'm 50 years old now, and I'm never giving up. If, if I'd have lost my legs and my arms, I'd have found a way to get back yeah. up. I really yeah. would. That's for me. That's it's my passion. It's my release. It revitalizes your soul. Yeah, there's totally. nothing, as you know, only a biker will know. There's nothing like riding the bike. Mm. You can, I was reborn, you, mate. Reborn when I. Yeah, when I you can have all the problems wrong. in the world on your shoulders, but yeah. you get on that bike and they all disappear for whether it be half an hour, an hour, or a full day's riding. They disappear. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they're still they're, they're all back when you get off the bike and you turn the key off. But that release, I just wish I'd done it as a younger man, and and had. Would I have survived? <laughs> I don't know. That's you know, what I often maybe think. My mom, maybe my mum was wise to know because as a boy racer, I was pretty wild in the car. Yeah. You know, um, maybe my mum was wise enough to know that um, you're not ready for it yet. And when I was 30, when I asked her, why now? You know, I've loved bikes all my life. You know, when people had pictures of other, I had Barry Sheen on my wall and I didn't mm-hmm. ride a bike. But I just loved them because yeah. of that first smell of Speedway and everything else that I, I sort of went through as a kid. But I never got to ride one until I was 30 legally on the road, you know. So, yes, I wish I'd done it earlier, but maybe my mum was a very wise woman. And yeah. the reason I'm 50 is because she she never <laughs> let me. And ironically, my mum my mum passed away four years ago. Hmm. Um, my mum and dad moved to Spain. And my dad, um, he rang me up and he says, because uh, she wouldn't let him have one. <laughs> you like you're like, you old fool. Because um, we used to talk bikes all the time and she used to just glare, you know, because obviously I was test riding. He said, oh, what's new? What's this? Yeah, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he says, uh, I'm going to get a motorbike. He's 74. You know, he looks younger than me. I'll call him Dorian Gray. Um, <laughs> and uh, he said, what do you reckon? I went, 
either a bobber or Bonneville will suit you down to the ground. Anyway, he rings me back two weeks later. So I bought myself a bike. I said, oh, yeah, what you got? He says, I bought a brand new Honda Goldwing. <laughs> what, is a first bike? So he hasn't ridden one in 34 years. <laughs> he, he now looks another five years younger and he's absolutely loving it. Oh, he's got brilliant. a 52-year-old girlfriend and he's living life to the full. Living and, and the it's dream because, now, yeah? why not? Yeah, and he, he's joined a, uh, I can't remember what they're called, they're a Spanish group of riders. He goes out of them every third. He sent me videos. He's even started videoing. I, I couldn't believe it. He went, oh, but he bought himself a little Ghost S drift. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and he sent me the videos. And to be fair, he's riding, his positioning is really good. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, do you know what? 74, I hope I'm still riding at 74. You crack on, Dad. You know, don't put Live too many life, miles brother. on it, though. Love that, your life. Don't put too many miles on it. That's my inheritance, you know. <laughs> Mate, so, have you ridden He's already got... Uh, not the last two generations. Oh, um, wow. The one, probably the generation before the last two. Um, a beautiful bike. You the, know, the, go- the Goldwing. The Goldwing, I've said it before on this podcast, the Goldwing is probably my biggest surprise of any bike I've ridden so far. Uh, I thought that is not going to be my cup of tea. It's going to be a bag of poo. I'm not old enough. Oh my God, I loved it. It was, it is, when you put it on the back country twisty roads, that bike comes alive. It's amazing. Whack it in yeah. sport and on for the like back country A and B roads. It is amazing. It's boring yeah. as sin on a motorway or dual carriageway, but but put it on the twisties. Oh, loved it. Loved it. And it does showcase Honda's engineering, you, mm. you know, and, and, and the bikes that they can produce. Yeah. Um, and then, they sort of let themselves down with an Africa twin, didn't they? You know, <laughs> how can a Goldwing be that good? And their adventure bike be not, it's not bad because there isn't a bad bike. You're right. But that, for me, that bike could have been so much better because mm. it was an icon. You can't make, you can't re, re, you can't bring that bike back and, and, and have it worse than what the original one was. <laughs> the other one had more soul. Yeah, in in terms of in terms of like road riding, not off road, but road riding in that a big adventure bike sector, I put the Africa Twin just above the Triumph personally because although I think that the Triumph is is a it's a better bike and it's it's probably well it's faster, it's a bit more dynamic. The 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 engine on the Africa Twin gets me. It's that that engine note, it's just got a bit of soul. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the, the Triumph <laughs> has, yeah. is, is so smooth, it, it hasn't got soul. Whereas the Africa but Twin then, does, but it's so but then it's after, soul like that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but then after an hour, that seat makes you realise that you don't care what it sounds like. You just want yeah. to get off it. <laughs> it, is, it is the most uncomfortable seat I think any bike in the world has. I think I would yeah. rather sit on a plank of wood than that. Africa twin yeah. seat. It's horrendous. Exactly that. I don't know what it does. I so mean, what, the first the first twenty minutes, you think, "Oh, this is lovely." I don't know what everyone's moaning yeah. about. And then, like a switch then goes, isn't you. it? Yeah, and yeah. it just starts sawing off you. the inside of your. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your biggest regret? God, biggest regret. I don't. I don't like to have regrets, so I try not to sort of. I try not to dwell on them. Really, you know, I just, I just sort of, oh well, move on next, do something better next time. Uh, God, bikes. I, 
I think I I I I'm, I regret buying a Tuono because the ownership experience was so bad compared to the riding experience. You know, like the engine, that V4 Tuono, the engine is amazing. It it lives, it breathes, it is incredible. And when it's working, I, I think it's probably that and the new Super Ducar, two of the most engaging bikes I've ever ridden. You know, they, yeah. they gripped my soul. You're saying about, you know, bikes that you want to fiddle with and turn around and have a look at. Those two bikes yeah. for me were just like... They're my Italian hookers. You know, I look at them and just, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have an evening with you. But um, <laughs> if you're watching, Mrs. Teapot, sorry. <laughs> but um, living with the Tuono was just horrendous. It was just it was just such a temperamental beast to live with that I'll, I'll probably never buy one ever again. And I'm gutted because yeah. I love the look of it. I love the sound of it. I loved riding it when it was working. So, yeah, I think that would be my regret. Right. Uh, cheers to that one, Adam. Next one, Ollie Rye. Hi, gents. Uh, I have a little would you rather. So, would you rather eat a live worm or be locked in a room with a tarantula for an hour, but you don't know where in the room the tarantula is? Take care, oh, fuck that. I'd eat a bucket of worms. Would you? Oh, fucking hate spiders. Oh, Do I don't even bother by Oh, I hate them. And my dad used to chase me when I was a kid, and that's what did it. Psychologically damaged me. The next door neighbour came around years ago, screaming her head off. She got a spider, and I, I just quivered. I, I shouted the wife, and she, she looked at me as if to say, "But you're a man." I went, oh, "Whatever." And I, I get the wife. If I, if we got a spider, she has to get it. My, my mate Turner absolutely hates spiders. He's exactly the same. Yeah. He, he just can't cope with yeah. it. Um, I would have the tarantula. I, I actually ate a worm when I was like three, four years of age. I remember my mum my telling me a story of, you know, she had me sat in the garden and um, she's come out and I'm there with a big earthworm like that. Munching <laughs> away. <laughs> so yeah, been, been there, done it. Cheers, Ollie. Nice one. You've um, done the worm. <laughs> yeah, I've done the worm. Dave Houghton, question for Buddy. <laughs> woof, girl, woof. I don't know what that means. <laughs> buddy, what's that mean, pal? He, he <laughs> He's said, bring it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, bring, <laughs> bring it on. Ne- next one, Mark Fulcher. Oh, yeah, these are always good. Oh, yeah. That's... Nice to see that the quality of the guests has gone up a notch. I mean, who doesn't like a dog? <laughs> so a couple of questions for you both. Question one, what is the optimum number of toilet roll sheets to use when, excuse the vulgarity, wiping one's arse? I keep getting told that I use too much. Just wondering if there's an answer to this. Also, scrunch or fold? Okay, right. <laughs> as much as needed is what I say. I don't care if there's a shortage, as much as needed. I have a thing about toilets that really wind me up, to be fair, as we were talking about toilet roll. And I think all toilet roll, uh, all toilet designers um, should be brought to, uh, you know, that should be brought to some sort of, uh, for what they do. Because no matter where you go to the toilet, you have to pull the door to get out. So you have a piss, you wash your hands, and then you've got to touch the dirty damn door that the last person that didn't wash his hands oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. opened. Mm-hmm. No matter where you go. It's, it's not rocket science. Push to leave. What is it? If I can push it open with my foot, I've not got to touch that door, I'm happy. But they don't Good do point. it. You, every That's... single toilet, 
you've got to pull the handle that the dirty bugger before touched. There must be a reason for that. There has to be a reason for that. Well, I can Some only think that you might you rigs. might actually kick the door open and smack somebody in the face with it. Yeah. But I'd rather yeah. that than touch the door handle. It, you know. <laughs> so yeah, toilet designers, beware. You're, you're horrible. Do I've your job had, properly. I've actually had this discussion about toilet paper, toilet roll. With, with some mates fairly recently. I've found, as I've got older, into my 40s, you seem to develop this never-ending arsewipe. Like, in days of old, I could wipe my bum in, like, two, two runs. Job, yeah, one, one it, yeah. done. And then these days, it feels like it just goes on forever. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. I must be so full old of age. shit. Yeah, it's old age, isn't it? Big fat ass. Yeah. You know, there's more to wipe, aren't there? There's more to wipe now at 50 than there was at 20. I think I think you're right there. Have you ever used the the sort of Japanese Korean toilets? Have you ever used them? No, no. Mate, they're amazing. I used to be amazed at the German ones. You press a button and they revolve and clean themselves. To me, that, that was amazing. That's that's the yeah. Japanese and the Oriental ones. They, they've, they've got you should like have a... to pull the fucking door to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Went to all that effort and bother to make a clean toilet seat, and you still got to touch the dirty fucking door handle to get out of the place. It makes no sense to me. Oh man. Okay, scrunch or fold? That's the other hot topic. Oh, scrunch. Well, at Do school you? you'd never scrunch. At, at school you'd never scrunch, would you? Because that stuff was like scratchy, ready. That was like greaseproof paper. paper, wasn't it? That you used. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, you could cause yourself an injury. Yeah, you yeah, have to fold slide off. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, scrunch, just get it there, big handful, and away you go. Oh, no, no, I no, I fold. fold. I fold. Oh, yeah, fold along the perforations, absolutely. <laughs> Keep it nice and neat. Yeah, you've got to get a few folds in, because there's nothing worse than the finger going through. That's just, that's a nightmare in itself, isn't it? Yeah. That's the army technique, isn't it? One sheet, tear the corner off, poke a hole through the middle, do the job. You know, you've never seen that? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Because we're, na- we're a nation of toilet roll lovers, aren't we? We just seem to buy that shit till it's run out. Toilet roll hoarders. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right, second question from Mark Fulcher. Now that international and domestic rules are freeing up and we can all get out and play on our chosen steeds, do you think that the extortionate prices of fuel is going to influence people's decision on when and how far they go? Can GSs run on red? <laughs> um, I don't think it will, to be honest. I think people will, will just spend more money and, and go, I think. What do you think? I actually think it's going to make people look at smaller CC bikes. Really? Okay. And, I, and I think that they're going to dominate the market because of the price of fuel. Interesting. Because if you it still goes want on, to get yeah. your kits. Yeah. If it goes on, if it keeps, if it keeps going up. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like myself and my wife. We looked at it the other week. So let's go to Wales for the day. Mm-hmm. And we never actually went because the weather turned to shit. But um, my wife's got a 2015 um, Tiger 800 because she loved that one she she did mm. most of the development work on the, the 15 plate um, and I've got a 2012 which I love because it was the first one um, I pretty much test rode but I've got to put the expensive fuel in so mm-hmm. it's 25 quid a fill mm-hmm. so so one tank is 50 well or both tanks both bikes that's 50 quid mm-hmm. you, know, you go to Wales to get back that's another 50 quid so yeah. before you've even looked at having lunch anywhere you spent 100 quid 
mm-hmm. on fuel, which is yeah. ridiculous mm-hmm. for a day out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in our job, it's great because they pay for the fuel. You know, that's why I always worked and never went out on my own bike. Um, but now I think it will push people to go for the smaller CC capacity bikes. I think that's going to be quite a big chunk of the bike market um, because they're going to get more miles for smiles. Yeah, I think if yeah if if this continues, the high fuel prices, if it continues for any length of time, then... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally agree with you that I, I do see that happening. Um, but I think if if fuel was to come down a little bit again, I, I think people just I think people would make the sacrifice and just go. But it, it, the old tin hat comes on, doesn't it? And you think, well, hang on, we've just gone through two years of of COVID, two years of people working from home or not being able to work and being paid by the government. You know, the trillions that the, the governments have forked out for that globally. And now all of a sudden there's a, a, a fuel hike and an energy, well, the energy crisis, okay, has been building for quite a while. The sceptic in me suggests that the amount of revenue they must be recouping through fuel, especially, are they going to lower prices anytime soon? Probably not. You know, it's it's a nice way for them to yeah. regenerate the the pots. So, yeah, I think you could be it's right. Also, on that with the tax, you know, how do you yeah. make people buy more electric? Yeah, where you just put the fuel up, you know, yeah. to make yeah, it yeah. more desirable to go electric. But then electric, um, the price of electrics going up. I, I was chatting to Alec from English Electric Motorcycles uh, Tuesday night. He was picking up a, a Rebelli that I'd had. And um, he was saying that. He was like, you know, their, their, their monthly electricity bill for charging up all their bikes, it's quadrupled now. It's quadrupled. Yeah. It's, an, yeah. it's an incredible amount of money that he's going to have to fork out every month just just to run the the shop and it's like uh, jesus how are you gonna how do you make enough money to cover that now because you can't pass yeah. that on to customers that that can't happen can it no one will buy anything well no because that's right you'll be putting them off the fact that you yeah know, if you can't afford to keep charged how are we supposed mm. to so, um, yeah. so yeah i think they will go smaller capacity and there is a lot more people shifting to smaller capacity bike because yeah. it yeah, is yeah. you're right my wife does uh, motorcycle training on Saturday. She volunteers CBT training. And the amount of people now, they're fully booked all the time, that are coming through just doing the CBTs because for them, they can go and get a 125, whether it be a scooter, whether it be mm-hmm. a motorcycle. And that has just cut their transport. They've either lost their company car or because, they, like you say, they're now forced to work from home. Um, and it's, it, that seems to be booming. Um, the smaller capacity bikes, so yeah. I think that's that. That will just keep going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I started doing the small CC sort of bike reviews three or four years ago now with the wee Sinis, and um, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think there's going to be a boom in small CC. The amount of people yeah. that are coming into biking, a lot of people don't want to get onto the big CC bikes, and then obviously, as you've just mentioned, <clears throat> with the price of fuel, you get more bang for your buck, don't you, with a small CC? So. Yeah I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go back on what I said. I, I think you're totally right. Small CC is is going to explode. I don't think oh, electric. I don't think electric bikes are going to boom 
yet. I can see electric cars doing well. I could see electric cars doing well, but I think I think there's going to be a hold off on the bikes for a wee while yet, for a good another year or two. I think. Yeah, I think I tested an electric bike not so long ago. Hmm. Uh, absolutely amazed. I always thought that I was a hundred percent petrolhead through and through. Yeah, well, great fun. But I re I reevaluated mm. um, myself, and I class myself now as a two wheel addict. Yeah, as long as Same. I'm not the engine. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm not the engine, then I'm <laughs> in for it. As long as something's going to propel me along, then I've got to say, and where electric is, um, is the commute market. Mm-hmm. They're gonna the bike I was testing. They're gonna boom. That they're gonna sell a lot of bikes in the city, especially yeah. in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the product they've got, it, and I think that's where that that market, the electric market. It's not about touring. It's not about going fast. It's mm. the commuting. Yeah, totally. you know, um, and that's where it's going to dominate for a few years, just before the technology actually catches up with mm-hmm. what people are going to need. Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it's on the verge of exploding in the commute market. Uh, uh, absolutely, uh, ele- electric, electric belongs in the cities at the moment for sure. Certainly in the bike world, uh, I've had the Energica Rebelli a couple of times now, quite a few times now, and they claim like a four hundred kilometre range. Which, when you take out onto the open road and ride it like you would a petrol bike, you know, for shits and giggles, nowhere near that. You know, you, you maybe. Excuse me, you'll maybe get 100 mile. But put that in the city, yeah, you'll get 400 kilometres out of a charge. You know, yeah. what's that, 200 and, 250 mile, 260 miles? You'll get out of, of, yeah. of the bike. Yeah. It's one bike I'd like to ride, have a go of. But it's the great, price, I love it. The price and the fact it's Italian. I mean, come on, electrics, Italian. <laughs> have they ever gone hand in hand? I Do don't you know, think so. I, I've... <laughs> I have been riding electric. I'm saying riding. I've had electric bikes for review since 2017, 2018. I've done a load of different zeros, a load of different Energicas, and the Harley, the live wire. The only bike I've had a technical issue with is the zeros. The Energicas, touch wood, no problems with them. No problems. Yeah. So, so that then, surprises me, that does with zero. But then... If you look at it, the Energica, the Energica comes from the Moto, like the Moto E background. They were the Moto E bike, weren't they? Obviously, I think Ducati's taken it now. Or maybe it's a split, is it a split manufacturer series for this year in Moto E? It used to be all Energica, but I think it's Ducati's in there now as well. But anyway, they had a they had a they had a catastrophic issue. Um, in their first year, 2018-2019, with Moto E, where the whole factory burnt down. You know, it, it was that bad because the way the way Energica were, I'm not out of turn speaking here. I think it's common knowledge. The way Energica were doing it at the time was they were getting lots of different components from loads of different manufacturers, you know, and, and everything was coming together. Then they had a critical error in one of those components, which led to the factory burning down. So Energica then went, we are going to do everything. So they just took everything in house and literally they, they dealt with, the whole shebang, all the components were designed and built by Energica. And so far, it seems to be working because uh, in terms yeah. of range and in terms of looks and rideability, uh, I think Energicas are the, 
the, the best electric bike out there for me. Yeah, anyway, it's, a be- it's a beautiful looking bike. Mm. The, the very first electric bike I ever rode was a Zero in mm. 2010. And mm. I did the durability wow. on it. I could not break it for shit. I tried. Could you not? Oh, I did not try. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, at the time, it was we were doing the, the street triple and on track, um, this thing left that thing standing through the bends. Yeah. But just so linear because obviously it's just throttling, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the corner speed was just sublime. And they're so um, heavy, they they like they stick to the road, don't they? Beautiful. Yeah, I mean back then we were charging with a kettle lead. Oh, it yeah. just looked like a kettle. Yeah, just like a kettle lead. Eight hours, plug it in, and I did a full twelve hundred miles on it. I never broke a thing, and indicating nothing. Never broke a oh. thing. And I tried. I really did try with that bike. Um, it, it was the charging I, was I had the issue with. It, it, the, the zero just it, the one. In fact, two I've had have had charging issues. The bike, the bikes themselves, and the components fine, but it's just charging. They just they just had an issue where they wouldn't they wouldn't charge. So that's all it was. Right, uh, Mark's got one final question. I think this one is more specifically for the dog, for Buddy. Why is it to find the perfect you, place mate. to go for a wee or a poo? Do you spend ten minutes looping around in circles? I tried this the other day, but was frowned upon in Asda car park. <laughs> very good, Mark. Very good. Thanks very much. <laughs> to be fair, it probably takes me longer than him. You know, if you caught short, it takes me that he just do it anyway. He don't care. Yeah, He'll cock his leg up if you stand too long enough. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing you don't piss up is my bike. To be fair, he's never pissed up the bike. No, no, I'm quite impressed with that. Well, I suppose that's. I mean, that's his his territory anyway, anyway, isn't it? He spends so much time in it. Yeah. So it's it's already his. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, next one, Charlie Callard. Evening all, hope you're all well. My question for Lee: Do you have a favourite CC range you prefer to test, and why? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, not really. Like I say, if he's got two wheels and I haven't got to be the engine, I, I love a one two five. Me, my, I'd love her. I'd, I'd like to have um, a monkey bike in my garage. That that yeah. would please me. Um, I went on a subscriber meet last year and there was eight, nine monkey bikes turned up. Best weekend I ever had. It's it's miles of smiles. I built two Super Cubs a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, 2015, 16, I think it was. Well, I still got hers. I had to sell mine, unfortunately, when um, COVID times it hard. I'd say I'd never sell them. But uh, yeah, they've got uh, 140 Moto Psycho engines in from the Isle of Man. (laughs) hers <laughs> um, is bright pink with uh, flowers all over it she says I said what bike do you want my love she says I want the push bike that I never had as a girl so I built it for her and I actually loved riding the pink one more than I did my orange one really um, it's just that that yeah, it'll do 70 mile an hour and drum brakes I mean that doesn't exhilarate <laughs> anybody I don't Good know what God. does you know <laughs> brakes um, so brakes yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, when it comes to CC I, like I say as long as I've not got to be the engine I don't mm. care. Yeah. Because it's a motorbike. As long as it's got two wheels and an engine, I'm happy. I'm the same, mate. Absolutely same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it makes you smile, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, big um, or small, the rocket, I love the rocket. I mean, that, that thing just, yeah. you know, that's another one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, any CC, I don't mind. I really, I really want to get hold of the rocket in the summer because I've only ever ridden it over New Year, and it was, it was like I think, I think the highest it got was three degrees, and you just, you just can't, 
you can't ride a bike like that at that in those temperatures, you know, shitty, wet, muddy roads. No, like, so I'd love to take one on a bit of a spin somewhere. My claim to fame to that bike is I'm the first man on the planet to get three points and a 60 pound fine on the rocket. <laughs> <Were you? laughs> oh, yeah. And I tried to blame the wife because it was actually her bike at the time. She was testing it. She looked like a child stealing it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people used to say to her, where's the rider, love? And she used to look at me and say, are you taking the piss? And um, I just had my hip replacement four weeks before because my hip failed. It was a full story, but obviously I got back to work. I did nearly 30,000 miles. The hip failed um, and it basically the ball joint died. So I had to have a new hip in the end. And uh, I had a new hip four weeks later. On my birthday, it was 19th of November, 2020. Um, no, 2019, sorry. I uh, I took her bike out. She was on the rocket. I said, I'm back to work now. And we had to share a bike. And uh, these points come through when that was you, that was. And she got the fuel receipts out. And she went, no, it weren't it you. So I had to take the points. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was, it was fun getting them, I've got to say. There was no I traction control was. on this rocket. And it just left black lines everywhere. And I couldn't yeah, stop yeah. doing it. To be fair, if it had traction control, I'd have probably lost my license. It's an, insane been amount of, faster. it's an insane amount of torque. It's like 200, is it 230 odd, 235 Newton meters of torque? It's insane how much yeah. torque that bike it's, it's a beautiful, I missed it because I was broke. Hmm. But they, were, they, they fell behind with it to the point where I, when I did come back to work, I did manage to get a bit of time on one. Um, it was an amazing team design team mm-hmm. and it is an amazing bike I never really liked the original rocket because it wouldn't go around bends so you have to fight the bloody thing but yeah. that oh, it's lovely it's it? just beautiful yeah, it's yeah. a rocket that corners you know yeah. absolutely beautiful I've, I've not ridden the uh, Ducati Diavel uh, yet but everyone tells me if you like the rocket take the Diavel out so I want to try yeah. that it won't come anywhere near the rocket. You'll be disappointed no. if you did it. If you rode the rocket first, then the Diablo, I think you'd really? be disappointed. Yeah. Really? Um, oh, okay. But if you rode the Diablo first, you go, oh, this is this is this is key. And then you mm. get on the rocket, you go, fuck it up. This is amazing. Um, they said my top five, my top five tribes of rocket, and I never, I regret that I never got to do any real development work on it as such. Because it was an amazing team that they put together to make that bike, mm. um, and it it would be a legend forever that bike, for sure. Uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try and get my hands on those two bikes then this year. See what yeah. we can do. Yeah, riding back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be the plan. Um, Charlie, I'm not going to read out what you say next, mate, but thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'll have to go back and have a look at that one. I'm interested to know what that is. <laughs> oh, no, it's just, you know. <laughs> uh, next one, Brian Longimanis. How you doing, Brian? Hi, gents and buddy. I have a mate, I know it's hard to believe, and his dog is one of the best behaved dogs I know, but when she sees a squirrel, all bets are off. A question for buddy. Do you have an arch enemy in your life? Uh, yeah, my wife. <laughs> oh, she can't get near me. Really? And it's her. It's her fault. She 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 put us together. Yeah, yeah. Now now, if he if she asks permission, like if she's if she goes to him first, he'll let her sit down next to me. But a lot of times he'll either be in my dressing gown or my jacket. You don't actually mm-hmm. see him. He's just in the way. As soon as she comes within two foot, um, there's, there is a video on on his Facebook page. And all she did was touch my hand. Oh, he nearly took it off. Really? Um, 
Oh yeah, uh, he'll go for everybody. Uh, the thing is, he goes for he'll go for my daughter, um, and it's like you just need to stay away from him. Now, when we're out and about, he's good as gold. He doesn't have a go at anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's home in his own territory. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's like don't come and sit next to him on the set. He will try mm-hmm. and rip your throat out because you're too close to me. You're in. He's like that protective, wow. and I find it funny. And my wife will go, he bit me, and I'll go. To be fair, he didn't draw blood, so it don't count. <laughs> um, and, and it's just the way he is. I swear, he's got, he's got issues, isn't he, mate? It's just, I suppose, because he, he, he does. I've never had a bond. I've had dogs all my life. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never had a bond. My lad can't get his head around it. He's like, Dad, you're a big, ugly, tattooed biker. Why the fuck have you got a fanny rat? <laughs> fanny you rat. Know, you you should have two pit bulls on chains. You should growl in the you got people. And that's the way. <laughs> and I got a fanny rat. What? Sorry, mate. I didn't mean to call you a fanny rat. Um, yeah, he you calls him a fanny rat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean it. But he said it. And um, yeah, I mean, some people probably find our relationship quite strange. But like I say, he's got me through some dark times. He really did. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's the, that's the bond we got. When he goes, oh. I don't, don't even think about it. I mean, just don't, they do don't say think about that sort of stuff. Yeah, oh. they live twenty years. Wow! So I've already, I've already, I've already told the kids, look, be nice to him, be nice to your brother, because he inherits everything. <laughs> <laughs> you want to live in this house? You be nice to the dog. <laughs> if he wants you out, you're out. <laughs> so wow. yeah, I just, I, and I do love the bond that we've obviously got you know for me I, I, I miss him all day when I'm at work now because I can't take him with me and when I get in it's just cuddles it's like mm. oh where have you been if I go out on the bike it took a bit to get him used to work bikes because he couldn't he was like why aren't you taking me mm-hmm. and then he realised that the Tiger 800 is his bike if I get that bike out and I don't he take knows him he's yeah, yeah. if I don't take him don't come out because he won't come near me for days. He's like, you took our bike out. He gives you the cold um, shoulder treatment, does he? Yeah, totally. I took it to tyres. I know down the road, oh, so two days. Because I took his our bike, or his bike. So, yeah, so sorry, next question. Uh, well, Brian's got a question for you. He says, where do you see the bike industry in five years' time? I think it's going to flourish. I, I think it really is going to boom. Um, more so of the comment we made earlier because I think that it's a transport that a lot of people are going to go to that probably wouldn't have done in the first place but because now they're looking at they don't want to get on trains Mm -hmm. they don't want to get on buses that's that's you hear that in the news every day they're traveling again but they just they've lost the confidence yeah it's amazing what COVID has done mentally to people my daughter's Mm -hmm. not the person she was my 15 year old daughter is a shell of the girl really? she was. Oh, yeah. Her confidence is coming back slowly, but it, and it's not just her. You look around, it's, it's, it's all that generation, the, the, the ones that were teenagers that never got to be teenagers, that are just living in, in fear of the world. Mm. And it, it, mentally, it has, it's destroyed them. Um, and I think that's the same with a lot of generations when it comes to confidence in getting on buses. I'm still sanitising my hands everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to look for it now because it's not it's not quite easy to find as it was, but it was everywhere before. Yeah. And so I said to a woman today, I went, it's just have it. Because have you got any hand sanitizer? And she went, no, oh. I haven't. She said, we haven't had any for a couple of weeks. But it's habit. And I think 
people's habits are going to change in the way they travel. And as a second vehicle, I think motorcycles are going to fill that gap beautifully, to be fair. Yeah. Um, whether it's electric, whether it's um, small CC for the commuter market. I think a lot of youngsters now are actually starting to look at motorbikes, whereas they got put off for a few years. I do think they need to change the test system. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah the way absolutely. we set our testing system in this country. Yeah. It doesn't encourage anybody to no, want to get doesn't. on a motorbike. No, no. Um, and it doesn't help them either. For me, I'd rather see a full A2 bike test and then I'd like to give them 12 months where they've got to go and do their advanced. And if they complete their advanced training at their own leisure, mm-hmm. um, within um, that 12 months, that automatically shoves them up to a full loss. Yeah, yeah, they've not got to take another test um, because what they teach them to pass a test, it, well, that's ridiculous in itself. I know, I know that they, they've got to just teach them to pass a test, um, but there's so much more they could teach them, but they don't have to. Yeah, they don't. They don't teach you. They don't teach you to ride a bike safely, and they don't teach you positioning and and like roadcraft. They don't teach you the ability to read a road that's going to keep you hopefully alive, you know, and and yeah. f- fairly safe. They don't teach you that, do they? So no. uh, I mean, but then with a you, car, you, you, they don't teach you that either. With a car, it's it's basically right. what is well, the bare yeah. minimum we can teach you to get you on the road, so we think you're safe to other people and then it's over to you to 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 figure out how to be safe yourself isn't it basically that's what it is and it's so heavily penalized against bikes compared car a 17 year old can go out and do a bike test and if you've got the money you can go and buy a blooming bugatti veyron if you want straight away yeah if you've got the money to insure it and buy it whereas with the bikes there's all these restrictions and i don't think that's right I have said in the past that yeah, may, maybe that is right to keep people safe because when you are younger, you maybe still have that. You haven't got the, um, what's the word? The self-restraint, um, possibly, to, 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 to calm yourself down on a bike because there is so much power there, isn't there? Even on a, yeah. you know, e- even on a blooming 600cc, there's an incredible amount of power available. Oh, you get yourself in trouble really quick. Of course you will. Yeah. But as, um, as Dom, I was chatting with Dom Horbertson about it and he said, you know, well, a 17 year old can go out and, and, and buy a Ferrari if they want. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Just if you pass the test, you pass the test and off you go. I think your system whereby, you have to do the sort of an advanced level to prove that you know about positioning and a degree of roadcraft. That's that to me seems a much better way of doing it because you then you've proven that you have the knowledge to at least be as safe as we can possibly make you at that stage. Now you go off and yeah. and learn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll give it, we'll give you the A2 license. Now go and learn your craft. And yeah. when you've learned your craft, come back yeah. and we'll yeah. give you a super bike. Yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than do an A2 license, come back in 12 months and you can do the same test again mm. to prove that you sense. can ride a bigger bike. Yeah. So I've just got to do a slalom in a car park. Then. Yeah. yeah. This is coming from a transport industry that hasn't changed legislation for decades. Mm. I think it was the 1960s was the last time the law was changed, and that was they you have to wear gloves. 
before yeah. that it was a crash helmet. But pretty much, you can ride down the road naked as long as you've got a crash helmet and gloves on. And gloves, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're decades on, and you've still yeah. you're still in the dark ages. At least see your proof kit from head to toe. And if you're caught not wearing it, my lad had a scooter, and the very first day I caught him in shorts, I took him off it. I'm not one to preach what everybody should wear. You see people in shorts, but I think if you instill it into them when they're young, when mm. they're going into the scooters, um, they'd save the NHS millions. Mm. They'd the skin grafts they wouldn't have to do. Um, and it's, it, you know, there's plenty of genes that are CE approved, mm. you know, that, 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 and, and trainer boots that are CE approved. It doesn't have mm. to be your full Gore-Tex touring suit. You know, there's trendy kit out there. You just got to sort of implement the fact that they need to wear it. Yeah, and it's the kit kit wise, it's getting much better, much better. As you said, like even just jeans, jeans nowadays, biker jeans nowadays. A lot of the time, they're good looking jeans. And the problem I find is they're all fucking skinny jeans. Trying to find yeah, like a- like like baggy boot cut biker jeans today. I can't find any. They're all they're all skinny because I've got I've got big thighs and big calves, and, and obviously a big waist. But even if I get a big waist, the, the legs are still too thin for me. I can't I can't get biker jeans to fit. Sadly, at the moment. But anyway, I'm sorry, um, I'm gonna lose a bit of timber. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, right, last one, last one of the Patreon questions. Like I've, I told my wife I'd be done by half nine. That's not happening, dear. Sorry. Yeah, but right. she knows you're full of shit by now. We're eight, yeah, eighty yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Exactly. And she just nods at you and goes, "Okay, my love, I'll see you tomorrow." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Last one of the patron questions. Jason Smiley, even in all. How you doing, Jason? For Lee, do you know how many bikes you've tested? And, excuse me, could you pick out a top five? Oh, blimey. There's a fair few, to be fair. I couldn't put a number on it. And so many different tests as well. Um, but my top five's pretty easy. Go They're on. all triumphs, to be fair. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um so yeah, my top five chance number one is uh, we'll, we'll we'll work backwards. So number five is the rocket mm-hmm. because that is just an awesome piece. Number of five, wow, okay, yeah, it is number five. Number four, I put the whole eight hundred, including the nine hundred rally pro. I put mm-hmm. the whole tiger because I worked on all of them, and every single one gave me the same sort of just love for that that machine uh, for different reasons as they got better. And things changed for me now i do think there's a bit too much technology on bikes but that was fly by wire fly by wire just opened up a whole new era of motorcycles and uh, so that's number four number three is the thruxton i love that as well because that is a wolf in sheep's clothing that is yeah. i i used to go out looking for victims on a saturday <laughs> on sports bikes just so i could come past them through the bends old man on an old man's bike and they just couldn't get their head around it and the torque on that bike yeah. um, just it's just good looking bike as know. well yeah and, and to be fair that was out of all the press launches I've done that's the most memorable press launch ever it was electric there was journalists trying to buy them with their credit cards at the coffee break they were really? that 
they're all walking around with hard-ons because at this point, this was like, you've got the old Thruxton, you know, the, the, the eight, eight, whatever it was, um, which was, you know, it's a half-decent classic bike, but the, the new Thruxton just catapulted Triumph into a different league mm-hmm. um, end of 2015-16. So, yeah, that, that would be uh, number three. Yeah. Number two is the Bobber. Never ridden um, one. Never ridden one. I do. I did. There was only two test riders that, that wanted to do it. <laughs> the original one, me and another guy called Wobbles, who's a legend. Um, he did 60, 68,000 miles. I think I did 45,000 miles on a bobber. Jeez, the most right. I did in a day was 700 miles. I rode back from Barcelona to um, Calais. I was doing, I walked like I'd been. Uh, <laughs> riding an horse for two weeks the next day and it was minus four all the way back um, Jesus but what an amazing bike I, I, I love that bike and the engineering that went into it and then number one is the, is the speed twin again <sighs> never ridden it never ridden it I hit one yeah, I rear-ended one you should uh, borrow Mr. and Flyers yeah, he'd be yeah. nervous because I think he looks at it like it's his pawn yeah. you know and I so I get it because that's for me even though it tried to fucking kill me, and it's the only triumph that's ever tried to fucking kill me, um, I love it. Yeah. And the fact, and that's the thing with testing, you see, what happened to me that day will never happen to any triumph customer ever because mm. that problem was resolved. All right, it, it meant I had an accident, but that's, that's the whole point of the job, isn't it? That's, that's the whole point of the job, you mm. know. Um, mm. I never got a penny for that accident, I never expected a penny for that accident because. As a development rider, that's what you know you sign up to, mm. and that's what that, that's part of the job is. We're making them, the bike safe as we can for the public to enjoy. Yeah. That yeah. makes motorcycle industry a lot safer, and it is so safe now. Motorbikes aren't dangerous; people are dangerous. Yeah, I, I don't believe there's apart from the Norton V4. If anybody's got one, don't ride it because you're not allowed. But I don't believe, apart from that bike, there's any dangerous bikes out there. You know that are, that are maintained. There's, there's no production bikes that are being sold that are dangerous because it's people that are dangerous. It's not mm-hmm. bikes. No, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, Jason has a second part of the question. And for Buddy, do you piss up your dad's bike like my dog does to mine? <laughs> I know he, like, he likes your bike, doesn't he? Well, it's his bike, isn't it? Yeah, he did piss up my leg once, <laughs> but I had left him. And then when I come back, he pissed up me. Is it that? He's just letting you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I took it on the chin, you know. I apologised. <laughs> he pissed up me, I apologised. That's our relationship. <laughs> um, I just realised we haven't done a sponsor readout in ages, have we? And um, no, no. We, we better crack on. Right, uh, folks, we are also sponsored by Ultimate Add-ons. Now, there is some blog for me to read out, but you, you know the score. I use the Ultimate Add-ons uh, Helix strap mount and the case for my phone, which I've got the iPhone 11 Pro, I think it is. So basically, they do dustproof and shockproof uh, cases for all different types of phones. They also do a generic one. So you, you look for the specific fo- uh, case for your phone, and then you have to find a mount. They do a whole different range of of mounts 
I use and the one I swear by, the only one I'll use, is the Helix Strap Mount, which is in their pedal bike, their bicycle section. And it's just like a ratchet strap with the mount and you attach the case to it. And it allows me, hey, as Lee is showing right there, right now. I use it because I can attach it to just about any bike out there. And most importantly for me, in four years of using it, I have not had a single issue with the camera. You know, there's, there's people have issues with vibration affecting the camera on, on smartphones. I've never had that when I've used a Helix strap. The only time I've ever had that is when I've used a different mount. Use the Helix strap, whatever case it is for your phone, Bosch, job done. They also do mounts for action cameras and things like that as well. Head to Ultimate Add-ons, so it's just ultimate with A-D-D-O-N-S.com. If you use the code TEAPOT1 with the number 10, so T-E-A-P-O-T-O-N-E with the number 10, you'll get 10% off any of their, their range. That also works on the Dango website as well. Dango do the Dango design, do the big sort of crocodile clip that you can attach GoPros and other action cameras to. So you don't have to have a mount anywhere on your, your lid. You just put that clip on there or you can attach it to any part of the bike as well. Again, Teapot 110 will get you 10% off of any of them. I better do another sponsor readout because we're cracking on with the podcast and I forgot. Um, we're also sponsored by the Influencer Store and I'm going to read out their blog. Influencer Store helps you build your brand, big or small, providing you with a solution and apparel. We help you to increase your fan base while supporting you with starting your own influencer clothing line with nothing more than just an idea or design and there are no hidden costs. For more info, come check us out at theinfluencerstore.co.uk or drop us an email at online at influencerstore.co.uk for more more information. If you've bought any of my merch at teapot1.com, all of that is dealt with by the Influencer Store. If you want a merch line or you have one at the moment and you're looking to change, I totally recommend them. All I do is every month I just get, you know, like a, a commission, a percentage commission on any sales and it comes in. You will earn more if you go with people like Teespring or Spreadshirt or any of those lot, but their quality is poo. It really is compared to the stuff that the influencer store, influencer store do. I had people complaining about Spreadshirt and Teespring type of garments, three or four washes, like details were coming off or the, the T-shirts were shrinking or going all misshaped. I didn't want that. Influencer store, they do Richie Vida stuff as well. I think they do lamb shops and TMF as well now, whole host of other people. Good quality stuff. If you've bought it, you know, gets my seal of approval anyway. Right, dude, apologies for all that. Let's crack no, back no. on. So how fair, are you for the, influ the influencer store is going to be the way I'm definitely going to go yeah. once I, I do get into merch. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm nowhere near big enough um, to, to even attempt that yet. And as for Ultimate Add-ons, what a company they are. Brilliant, um, aren't they? British, British company as well, Scottish. Uh, yeah, I had my first one in 2012, and you wow. could only ever find them on eBay. They mm -hmm. just started doing uh, phone Pacific cases, and I've had one. It's cost me a bloody fortune, Mike, because I have a new phone. I mean, the first one, people used to laugh at me because I've got um, an iPhone 6 Plus. Yeah. And the, the ultimate add-ons case, it, you could kill somebody with it. You, you could pretty much beat them to death and then <laughs> ring them an ambulance or beat them to near to death. 
Um, but amazing. I've never had one fail yeah. in all the cases I've had. Um, mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of miles with them, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So, like you say, yeah. they've, they've never they've never damaged anything. Um, I, I'm on an iPhone 12 now, and I'm still putting it in my 11 case with a bit of tissue just to posh, wedge posh. it in. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't afford a 12. I'm still on the 11 Pro, me. <laughs> But amazing, amazing company, and he's a lovely lad. If you ever see him at the yeah. bike shows or anywhere, go and chat to him because you know what? They're, they are expensive, but you pay with anything within the motorcycle world, you get what Abs- you pay for. Absolutely. And what, what I really like about them is that you know they, they listen to feedback. When you give them feedback on something, they're they're on it straight away, which is yeah. which has been good for me. I've enjoyed that. Right, let's uh, how are you for time? Are you okay for time, Mick? Oh, I'm all, I'm good, yeah. Cool. Right, I'm off for four go- days now. <laughs> we've been going for nearly done, two and a half as long hours. We've done for Tuesday. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Right. Um, we'll go to Facebook because Facebook's normally the last one I go to. So I'm really sorry to everyone that normally leaves questions at Facebook because we don't always get there. So I'll go there first. I don't know if we're going to get okay. through them all, but we'll see what we can do. So we'll that is facebook.com forward slash teapot one. I'll leave links for all of Lee's socials as well. First one, Richard Higgett. Ah, it's Bandit Man. How you doing, Richard? He's a uh, top he's guy. He's good old soul, he is. He's a lovely fella, isn't he? And his he missus. Is, yeah. They both um, are. And his wife, yeah. Yeah, yeah, lovely folk. He's a top guy. She does and some crack great... it overtakes. <laughs> does she? She does. She, her ride, yeah. I watch all their... I've followed them for a while. Yeah. And um, i got to say, she does... You can just see the planning she puts in. She is a beautiful rider. And I have said to him, you know, um, I reckon if she wanted to, she could leave him standing. He'd be hard to keep <laughs> No I'll one ever you, wants to hear that, do they? <laughs> yeah, she's smooth. Women are smooth. I'm sorry, yeah. but they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. are. Um, right, Richard says, he's a top guy and has a great YouTube channel. He might not say that now, now that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> he said, play a part in testing and developing many of the triumphs we know and love. Ask him if his latest budget bike will make the distance. I bloody hope so. Come on, um, tell everyone. I wanted, I wanted to get back to um, fundraising for uh, some sort of charity work this year. I'd made that decision last year mm-hmm. as COVID was, because that's how we started. And I just feel I want to give something back. Um, so originally it was Air Ambulance, and I'll always support Air Ambulance. You know, I, I have a direct debit every month come out of my bank. I'm always going to support yeah. them; they're amazing. Yeah. Um, there's another guy I follow called Helmethead. He just makes me laugh. He he's he's, he's a funny guy. He really is. His channel. I've, I've started watching him. 200 subscribers. He's nearly 4,000 now. He's funny, and he put up a challenge for a charity ride this year. And the the challenge was to find a big CC bike for a thousand pound or less believe me that's bloody hard work yeah, yeah I bet. The, amount, the amount of people i offended offering them 900 quid you know they want to come and smash me face in some of them <laughs> um and it's to ride the compass of the uk so in six days dressed as superheroes we're going to ride to the furthest northern point yeah. we're doing it backwards because the actual furthest western point is in good old scotland mm-hmm. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I think it is, yeah. So the furthest western, the furthest southern, Mm -hmm. and then the furthest eastern. And we're going to do that six days. Decided to do it two up 
because I couldn't afford to run two bikes that distance, that's for sure. Because this is the idea of the new tank bag as well, because I bought a bike that buddy pods won't fit on, so we've had to buy the bagster bag. Right. Um, oh, I tried to buy everything. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a friend of mine, called him Monsor Puglio, um, he, he ran me up and says, I found your bike. He says, it's Minter. Uh, 33,000 miles. He says, an ex-police bike. And it's owned by an ex-copper. And I went, he said, and he'll let you have it for 900 quid. I went, oh, you're a star, you are? He went, yeah, Scotland. <laughs> so we hired a van. We went up the next day, and it, it was what it was. It's a, a 2000 and, uh, 2001 Pan-European. Um, and that's going to be my charity bike. I'm not going to say what superheroes we're going to be. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> it's going to be from the charity... Um, I'll give you the link for that because any mm. support that anybody can give us, um, it was the charity really more than the challenge that sort of drew me to it. Um, because when I watched his video, uh, ironically, he bought a pan European as well. It seems the only bike, decent bikes you can buy for less than a thousand pounds is a pan European. Yeah. Um, so he's got the guy that's using his videos called his sidekick because he classes himself as a lord um, <laughs> that does everything for him. So and these are the guys I went on the monkey bike adventure with, um, yeah. uh, and it was they were just a good crack. But the charity is the Children's Rainbow Trust charity, right? And it's for families and parents that are dealing with children that are either terminally ill or they die. Yeah, and I, I can't, I can't comprehend how hard that is, no. in the sense of knowing that that's coming. We lost our daughter twenty. 25 years ago. Oh, man, um, sorry, I didn't know. And she, and she died of cot death. Mm. Um, and for me, yeah, it was devastating. And I still, to this day, I'm 25 years in and I still cry and I still have my moments, you know. Mm. Um, but for parents to know it's coming and to have to deal with that, oh, God, um, I, believe that I believe that they do, you know, they need that support. Hundred mm, percent. Um, well, folks, check out the. Um, if you listen to the podcast, remember to look at the show notes because I'll put the link there. And if you're watching the vid, have a look. Make sure if you're watching it on the TV, get yourself onto your phone, a tablet, a computer. Have a look at the vid description, and there'll be a link there for it as well. Please do what you can. I know times are hard, but do what you can. There's um, a few vids up like where I bought the bike and everything else, and I will be doing a full. Um, you know tour of it all um uh, that's going to be the next sort of tour videos just to show people the journey awesome. um but yeah any support even if it's just a pound um Beautiful. a pound can do a lot definitely um, i mean I, I get this i mean how can this not be an advert it's not meant to be an advert i don't mean it like that but i get people saying that on um on patreon you know people are like I can only, you know, I can only afford a, a, a quid a month. So, you know, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, geez, you know, you think about it, a quid a month. If you have a couple of hundred people giving a quid a month, that's a couple of hundred quid. So, geez, yeah. you know, just anything at all people can give for the charity, then please do, you know, just whatever you can. I know times are tough. And uh, as Lee said, if you go to his channel, so Buddy the Biker Dog, again, there'll be links down below. You'll be able to, to follow the journey when they do the challenge as well. Mate uh, is when we're doing it. May. We're off nice. in May. Yeah. Nice one. So, I'm yeah. doing one. Next. I'm doing one. I'm doing one in June. 
uh, with a couple of boys. We're doing the Land's End to John O'Groats uh, in 24 hours, not using any motorway. And we're doing that for, for charity as well. So I yeah. can't wait for that. That's uh, a good slog. Yeah, it will be. I'm looking forward to yeah. that. It should be good fun. Karen Rogers, all the best men own a Chihuahua. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> saying know, that's right. a woman saying that. Yeah, is exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, they know they do. Next one, Simon Broom. Hi, both, and hope you're both well. Yes, thank you. My question is, jump forward 20 years and what bike are you now both riding, electric, petrol or other? Also, do you both hope to still be doing what you're doing now or something different? Oh, that's a good question for the moment. I tell you that. Wow. 20 years. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be doing this at the end of the year at the moment. Uh, well, I'll always be doing this, but I don't know if I'll be doing it full time because it's it's hard. It's it's really hard financially. Yeah, it's really it's hard. Crap. So um, yeah. I, I I don't know if I can make it to the end of the year at the moment. We'll see what happens. I'd love to be, but we'll we'll see. I hope so. What are we going to be riding? <sighs> I think I think Star Galactica. I think alternative uh, some form of alternative fuel. I don't think electric's the answer. I genuinely don't think electric's the answer. There's that new... Was it Kawasaki? Was it Kawasaki that has developed a hydrogen engine? Yeah, I think it is Kawasaki. That Something came out recently, hydrogen. didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And then there was a thing just, just when COVID hit, there was a thing about a new fuel, a synthetic fuel that had been... Uh, developed, which you could basically put in a normal petrol car. You could just put it into a normal engine, and it ran. And the only byproduct was H two O water. Yeah, but see, that's I like all that. Bit- that would that, that that would be the best definitely outcome. But it's all going very quiet engine, now. But with a different fuel. Yeah, yeah, but it all seems to have gone very quiet at the moment. You know, the old tin hat comes on, doesn't it? And you think, because there's so much money involved in, in energy. So, yeah, who knows? there's so much I, money involved in fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think electric will be the answer if, I think, nuclear takes over, as in we become nuclear power reliant. So there's a lot more nuclear power stations to generate the electricity. Because I think if, if the world turns to electric power, where are we going to get the elec- the electricity to do it? I don't think we can generate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, and the infrastructure's yeah, not the, there, the infrastructure's is it? just not there, yeah. Yeah. So I just don't, I don't, at the moment, I don't see electric being the answer. I think it's going to be a temp- it's going to be a temporary step, but I don't think it's going to be long-term. It's 20 years. I mean, 20 years isn't that long, I suppose, at the end of the day. So, Sorry, my watch is talking to me. Um, so 20 <laughs> years may well be within that that stepping stone to wherever it is that we're going to. I don't know. I don't know. What about you? What do you As think? As for bike. As mm. for bike, I'd like uh, Battlestar Galactica. Do you remember them bikes? You're on that mm-hmm. road, you could just mm-hmm. take off. Uh, find your own road find your that'd own be, twist through the clouds yeah that'd be amazing oh, a motorbike in the sky imagine that I mean yeah. wow I mean we've got freedom you feel free as it is on a motorbike imagine if you could just go off up into the, off. into the sky into the <laughs> yeah. heavens oh 3D motorbike the road ends amazing. and you carry on 
Yeah, yeah, Wales yeah, would be amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> Wales would be just open up a whole new genre of amazingness as you just sort of take off over a valley. I'd still, um, I'd still hit a mountain or hit a sheep up in a hill somewhere. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> jumbo yeah. Um, um as for what will I be doing um well I'm definitely going to be riding to the day mm. I die I think it'd have to be something really catastrophic to stop me doing that um am I going to be testing no it's 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 not a it's a young man's job to be fair right and there's a lot of work as it is but what would I like to do if I wasn't test riding probably own a cafe a motorcycle cafe yeah. So I could stay in touch with the biking community because they're an amazing community. Bikers are amazing. They really are for me. That they're, they're you can chat to them all day. You've yeah. got something in common. You know, you've got a love. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter how old, where you're from, how limited your language is. Motorbikes will always make you communicate to each other. Hundred um, percent. And my my first trade was chef. So I think I'd like. Um, I'd like a, a buddy, a buddy shack. Nice. Yeah. You've thought about this, haven't you? Yeah, because I, I'm not going to be able to test forever. I'd love to mm. think I could, mm. but do you know, to do four, five hundred mile day every day, it, yeah. day in, day out, it's hard. It's hard going. That it is hard going. Um, I mean, I decided the other week, and yeah, I walked away from it. But is it like the thing is, I've got to an age now where I don't bounce anymore. Yeah, I, I sort of slam. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the, the, the bouncing days have gone. I can um, sympathise with you there. I I was doing an off road day on Friday down in Salisbury Plains, and I came off, and I, I remember the feeling as you know when you get to that point where you're just like I've got to abandon ship. I, I have to jump now, and I, I remember yeah. just sort of chucking the bike to the side and coming off the bike, and just thinking my shoulders coming out because I'm going to shoulder, I'm going to rugby tackle the ground and my shoulder's coming out. Oh, no. And thankfully it didn't. <laughs> but, yeah. but you're right. You just don't bounce as you get older at all, do you? Right. Everything hurts. But it, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't put us off. That's the no, thing. God, no. No, what, no, no. Once you're a biker, you'll always be a biker. I mean, yeah, look at my dad. You know, all right, he was banned for a few years, but he's back yeah. on it now. Absolutely. Uh, it's in so the blood, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 20 years. 20 years, maybe. I'm flipping burgers and chatting shit. Oh, back in the day. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you youngins have got it easy. Yeah, you youngins can't ride for shit. Yeah, That's flying about in the sky. Oh, back yeah. in my day, we had roads to ride on. <laughs> and rubber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice one, Simon. So, yeah. Good question, Paul. Good question. Um, Anders Holtman, which intercom do you use with your pillion rider? <laughs> it obviously means buddy does it yeah 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 um, it's it's more um, telepathic as in he'll give me a look and I know what he's saying yeah, yeah, right, yeah. he'll look at me and I know I've got to overtake the idiot in front of me because we've been sat behind him for three bends <laughs> if I miss an overtake he gets the right grump on it's quite critical because he's, oh yeah he'll look at me and he does he looks round as if to say pull your finger out your ass. what are you doing <laughs> We should be in front of this muppet by now. I know, right? But, you know, can't always do it safely. Get him but a little, you don't see it. Get him a little IM or a Rosper high-vis vest. Yeah. It's like he's in control of the speedo because I can't see it. So if we ever get pulled, it's like, if we can talk to him, mate, he's in charge of the speed. It's his fault. <laughs> he told me to go faster. 
Um, Roy Holdings asking, what kind of crash helmet does Buddy wear? We mentioned that earlier, didn't we? Um, yeah, I've really, because he's so small and he is very small for Chow. So I've got, I've got like this one, which is still a little bit too big. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever seen Motorbike Millie. Um, no. I did get him this one. Um, <laughs> That's brilliant. It's a little lad. Oh, oh, oh no, Vert. What's yeah, it called? but it is. Virtue. It, uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's like a virtue. It is a, a pet helmet, but it's sort of, you can put it on. I can't believe that dog likes you do that. Wow. He's, it, it's still a little bit too big for him. Oh, um, smile for the camera because that'll be a great thumbnail. <laughs> so so he, he pretty much. He's got like a, a, a like a, a soft hat that he likes when it's cold. Yeah, coming out of there, mate. Um, <laughs> and, and they wear his doggles. I'd love to get my pair of Rex specs because they really do invest in the testing for animal welfare when it comes to um, the goggles. They make them for the military. What are they called? Um, Rex specs. They're an right. American company. They 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 make them for working military dogs. Okay. You know, bomb disposal. Um, and they're a perfect fit for the dog's face rather than doggles because doggles right. do put quite a bit of pressure on. But they're like 80 quid and I can't I can't get them to say that the extra small will fit him. I've measured his head and they're like, well, oh, they might be a little big. But I can't spend 80 quid on some of them that don't fit him because he won't have it. <laughs> so at the minute, it's just doggles, isn't it, mate? But he quite likes his doggles until he gets to the point where he's like, oh, I've had enough now, I'll just flick them off and yeah, have yeah, a bit yeah. of fresh air. Um, but yeah, and he only has his hat on when he's cold. Um, we hit a bit of rain. There was a video, I think, where we hit some rain. It was beautiful when we left. And it started pissing it down. And he just gave me the dirtiest of look. <laughs> uh, it's just, why are we out here? And I had to ride along with my other hand, sort of covering his head. Like, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But as long as he's with as long as he's with me but if anybody wants to make him a crash helmet that'd be ace well there we go you folks know? yeah, yeah if, you, if, you, if, you, if you want to get involved with that make sure you drop Leah yeah. line again I'll leave links down below sure, uh, yeah. Ricardo Angelini he says looks like my Thor so I think that's another Chihuahua Chihuahua uh, owner Thor's oh, a right. good name for a Chihuahua what? Thor yeah yeah brilliant. Oh, Oh, I tell you, he, he was a bio wolf in his former life. I'm telling you. <laughs> Brutus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, that's all the Facebook questions. I'm going to have to shoot in the next sort of five, mate, I'm afraid. So we'll jump across okay. to Instagram um, and let's try and pick maybe two from Instagram. How about that? So that uh, my Insta is at teapot1insta. And again, I'll leave links for Lee's channel or Buddy's channel down below. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Let's have a little look. Uh, okay, Dave the Sidecar Dog. He says, we met Lee and Buddy last year at the Ride to the Wall event. Has he ever tested a bike with a side chariot? And if he has, how terrified was he? That sounds like there's a story to me. Uh, no, I haven't, because I would be terrified. Because then <laughs> things don't go around corners. They're like, they might be quite fun, but for me, that's, it's taking a motorbike one step too far, isn't it? But I do like his setup and his dog. He's beautiful. And he's got Rex specs. He what wears he? Rex specs. Yeah, he's oh. dog. 
Um, and he goes anywhere with him. Same thing. Um, he's an ex-squaddy. Um, had a really good conversation. And for his mental health, that dog, that dog has saved that man, you know. Mm. Um, and that's, that just shows amazingly what, what animals can do for people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it really it's amazing does. the affinity uh, you can have with an animal, isn't it? And 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 as yeah. you said, how they can save you. They can get you out of a dark place that a lot of people find themselves in for whatever reason. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. Next, let's do another. What time are we at? Let's try and grab another one if we can. Um, let's have a little look. Um, we beat the record yet we've done four hours no no we've not we've not um, <laughs> we could do I know we, we could do absolutely sure uh, right. Sean Clifford's asked what's the worst bike you've ever tested well we, we covered that earlier um, okay Pete Brewer 681 great to have the podcast back keep up the good work Bruce thank you very much Pete I'm, I'm glad to be back a question for you both have you and Lee noticed over the years how bikes, even tourers and sport tourers, are made for the rider and totally impractical to take a passenger? What are your thoughts on which bikes would be good for two-up touring? I think the starting, starting to tailor for the, the pillion a bit more now. Certain bikes. What do you think? Um, yeah. We, we always did a lot of work, pillion work. Um, to get the ergonomics right for the right. pillions. Um, so, like, um, normally it would be at least 40% of the road mileage accumulated on that bike would be done two up. Wow. Um, really? Just to get the, yeah, on Triumphs. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for the manufacturers, but definitely on Triumphs. Uh, the trophy, which unfortunately, because it was a Tourer, and the touring market flopped really when the adventure bike market just dominated everything. I always said that bike was built, that, that bike you bought to keep your wife happy. <laughs> so you could go and do 500 miles a day because it was, yes, it was ergonomically good for the rider, but it was just as good for the pillion. And I think same with the Honda Goldwing, the, the, the big BMW Taurus, they are built as a couple bike. Then you get onto the things like the 800 Tiger. Now, for me, if I'm just going to be the rider, 800 Tiger is my choice. Yeah, I would take that over the 1200 all day long because it's more fun. It, I can. It's just more controllable, more flickable. Um, you can jump crests. Not, not, it's just for me. But two up, I'd go. Do you know what? I want the 1200 because mm. the 1200 Explorer is the same. It's it's built with the pillion in mind, you know, mm. that's the perfect, it's, it's roomy. Um, uh, it, it's just a better bike. So I do think that they do take, I know drive do, um, because <laughs> you want to spend 20 grand on a bike and your missus is going on it. She yeah, better be yeah. comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they do take that consideration for the bigger bike market. I don't mm. think in, in the smaller bike market, it's necessarily something that they consider as much you yeah, still have to do you, the testing yeah you've got to you've got to think who who's going to be the buyer for that type of bike and smaller cc bikes i would say the vast majority of people aren't going to be going too up are they whereas as you said yeah. 
bigger CC bikes, the adventure bikes, the sport tourers, the bigger CCs. Yeah, I, I you know, for sure, people they're going to be an element of people who will have the other half or somebody on the back for sure. Yeah, the, the BMW is very comfortable as a pillion. Yeah. Uh, I, I've not done a lot of miles as a pillion on a BMW, but it is when you sit on it ergonomically. There's a lot of room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously there's other bikes like the the um, the Honda, um, the Africa Twin. That's not as yeah. good. Um, but then the rider comfort's not as good. So I think they definitely do think of the pillions. Hmm. It just depends what category of bike you're looking at. And if you want yeah. something that's really pillion friendly, then you've got to go for a big capacity bike, big tourer, big adventure bike. One. Yeah, there's the perfect. The perfect my, pillion bike. I mean, you- my missus, my missus fell in love with that bike. She was like, "Buy one." I was like, it's thirty-two thousand pounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think my dad paid thirty-four thousand euros because oh, he's in Spain. Geez. Wow. Um, but he's happy. Yeah, he's happy. Well, as we said before, eh? Does it make you smile? Are you happy on it? Yeah. Yes. Well, it's the bike for you. Exactly that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right, dude, I'm afraid I'm going to be the one that's going to have to pull the plug. I'm going to have to um, to shoot. Um, Do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure. I was a bit nervous, when, when, you know, because really? it's like, yeah, I was at the start. Before I come on, it's such it's like, wow. For one, I was shocked that, that, that I was even asked, and, and I, I appreciate that. It's been an amazing experience. Because um, like I say, normally I'm the stick of the bike world. Um, <laughs> so, well, we'll see if I get, Tribes lawyers knocking on my door tomorrow, uh, I suppose. Yeah, eh? you'll be fine. Um, when when we chatted yeah. at the NEC, I knew there, I was like, I want you on the podcast. I want to have a chat with you on the podcast. No, it's been yeah. good. I've enjoyed it. But definitely, uh, we we'll are definitely arrange for you to come up to the visit centre and we'll do something with the like the air vest. Um, Beautiful. I think when, great when idea. You, when you get when you get your format worked out, what you want to do with the video. But so, definitely come and have a look at the visit centre, you'll love it. And we cool. can kill two birds with one stone. Awesome. We will we will sort that. Um, I will be back with you in two seconds just to get the final rundown. Folks, um, this isn't a sponsor, but I just want to say a big thanks to everybody over on Patreon. I'm sorry, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but for all those of you who've taken the... Uh, taking the plunge and the come and support me with the Teapot One channel and the podcast over at patreon.com forward slash Teapot One. A huge thank you because I, I literally couldn't do this full time without you. So thank you for your support. Lee, thank you very much, mate, for, for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Um, no, thank anything, you. It's been amazing. Is there anything you want to plug? Any shout outs you want to give before we uh, end the, the chat? really just the children's rainbow trust charity right even if it's just you know a bit of moral support and um a few people are going to meet us along the way anybody's welcome to do it at any part for any amount of time or you know whatever you want to put into it whether you want to do a bit of riding there's a few of us that have obviously committed to the whole challenge um but just have a look at the charity because I can't contemplate what those parents are having no. to deal with. And I think anything no. that, you know, and I'm, I'm riding a bike and doing what I love. And if I can help them by doing that, then that's a win-win situation for me. You know, Absolutely. I'll get some out of it and they're getting some out of it. So really that's it. Um, anybody who wants to pop to my channel, you're welcome. Don't feel that you have to subscribe. There's no pressure. <laughs> I will leave um, all links for, for all of that down below folks. So make sure you check but, them out and, and give them a follow. 
but no, thank you very much for inviting me onto your platform. I mean, you've got me addicted to podcasts. I've watched, I've done them all. Have you? I've done, uh, yeah, I started on, um, oh, what's the, the one just before Christmas? Um, I can't remember his name now, tell me names. The oh, Gorilla Biker. Gorilla Biker. Yeah, Gorilla Biker. I started with him and I worked my way all the way back and then I ran out. And I was like, oh, shit, I need more. I've I've just found found another podcast. Do you remember Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps? Do you remember that series? No, I remember it. It had um, Ralph Little in it from um, the Royal Family and Will Meller who's been on all sorts of different things. It was like men behaving badly, a little bit like that, but in the early sort of 2004, 2005 times. Well, they've started doing a a podcast now called Two Pints, and it's brilliant. It's just them sat just being like two, two geezers, probably our age, within sort of 10, 15 years of us. I think Will's, no, I think, Ralph's like 40 now and Will's 46, 47, something like that. It's brilliant. It's just two boys having a, a crack, having a really good laugh. Good old, well yeah. worth checking out. Two pints, it's called. I'll have a look. Yeah, two pints. Yeah, I'll have a look. Right. It uh, passes the time. It, it Thank does, you very mate. much. I You're a legend. Him. I love him. Um, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Folks, check out the show notes down below. Make sure you give Lee and Buddy a follow. Folks, thank you very much for spending the time here. Thanks very much for all the support and the comments. People saying they're, they're glad to hear the podcast back. It's great to be back. Keep doing your thing. Keep on getting out there. Look after those that you love. But most importantly, most importantly, live your life. Woo-ha! I nearly forgot the thumb.